Uh, before this podcast starts, I just wanted to take a quick moment to obviously speak about Gino Rear quickly. Obviously, he is in hospital at the moment with some serious injuries after an accident in the Suzuki eight hours. So I just wanted to pass on my thoughts um, with his family and obviously everyone around him. We really hope to see Gino back on the circuit very soon. Obviously a fantastic rider in his day and still now obviously with Honda and yeah, from all of us, Cameron and Jacob are here as well. Yeah, uh, we, we hope to see him back mm-hmm. on track soon. Yeah, get well soon, Gino. Keep going. Keep pushing, Gino. We are with you. The whole sport's behind you. I've seen so many nice messages on social media. And yeah, we really hope to see you on circuit back. See you back on the circuit soon, Gene. Yeah, definitely. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the episode 66 of the Everton Motor Racing Podcast. This is once again the second time recording because guess you didn't click record again. It was me. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the last race weekend. It was absolutely outstanding, if I do say so myself. I wasn't really racing. I don't really know why I'm saying that. But yeah, absolutely <laughs> belt over race weekend at Silverstone, but it's episode 66. Yeah, you had a solid 12. Yep, I always had a solid 12. Um, so What's Jacob, number 66. I don't even know, to be honest. I'm just trying <laughs> to like whisk through it because we've already uh, said all this shizer. Uh, Jacob, number 66, please. Yeah, well, I'll go for the two I had. Yeah. Because Sykes and Florian Alt. Yeah. And, of course, Joel Kelsey. Who, I did forget Joel first time. I'm sorry, Joel. Yeah, and I had to literally ask to remind them both that he's been on the podcast. You still don't know number 66. It, but, to be fair, it yeah. was on the podcast before I joined. So that's my excuse. Um, yeah, but you listened before you joined. So you should have got it. I listened oh. to, like, I don't know, a handful of episodes. I don't remember the Joel Kelsey episode. Sorry. Bastard. Um, <laughs> some other riders, Alex Hoffman, of course, uh, Cameron Fraser in GP2, Nicky Tully in the Supersport World Championship, Philip Todd, the German young star, who I remember when he was in the rookies, actually, he was like five foot nothing. He may have even been like four foot. He was like, a, he was tiny, Philip Todd. Mm. If anyone wants something to laugh at, go back to look how small Philip Todd was in the rookies. It was quite funny. Um, but yes. Welcome back, Cameron. He's moved house. I have moved house. It's been very stressful. And therefore, it's time for one of these. Ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's got there a it is. Yeah. I, <laughs> How long have you been waiting to pop that do, and, Well, that's well, it. You took so long to get here. We that I've just been dying for this. Uh, it, we, today, we just have a little, all reliable 12 year Glenfiddich. So there we go. Nice. A classic. Mm. Carry on. I know nothing about alcohol, but sick. That's great. Well, no, he was going to pop it before we started. And I was like, well, no, you've got to got stop. To yeah. You've got to do the, the cork on the pod. It's, it's just a thing. Now. That's it. Well, I, I, moved, I moved to the home of Speyside Whiskies. So it's only fitting, really, of course. So cheers. Of Let's course. go. Cheers, Cameron. Mm. Time for him to get more progressively drunk as the podcast <laughs> wears off. <laughs> Stinking joke. Well, he's had a stressful week. We'll, we'll let him off. Yeah, we'll let him off. Um, I hope you've enjoyed last week's episode, though, when we had we were joined by Anik and Lauren. That was quite an interesting one. I enjoyed that one quite a lot. From the sighting lap, obviously, give them a follow if you would like to see what they are up to. Um, but yeah, I really did enjoy that episode. And now we are at Silverstone, 
and Jacob is flashing like mad for some reason his camera <laughs> yeah <laughs> my camera we should specify yeah he's not flashing thankfully my eyes will be bleeding but yeah we had a belter of a race weekend at Silverstone like the races have been all right recently obviously you've heard listen to this podcast if you listen to it regularly you'll know that all of us complained a bit about boring races recently but all three classes today did not fail to impress. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. outstanding. Motor 3 was just an absolute barnstorm of a race. Then you got Motor GP with the lead. You were like, who on earth is going to win this race? And then you had Motor 2 where the race winner was swapped at the last lap. And then you had Jake Dixon and hammering against Arid Canet, which is the last man you want to be fighting against. And obviously Ayagura yeah. there to pick up the pieces and... Yeah, it was pretty sweaty all day. Wow. It was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so it was glad. one of those where, like, you just sort of think, like, I, I don't like the fact Motor 2 was after I get why for Telly, et cetera. Yeah. But so many people would have gone over and missed out on yet another great race. Eh, it's their loss in the, the day. If you choose to leave yeah. the circuit early, then meh. Well, I mean, you're, you're a complete moron if you choose to do so. But Motor 2 deserved to be watched by as many people because it was as good as the rest. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely belt of a race. Um, and I'm gutted for Alonso Lopez. I'm over the moon for Alonso Lopez, but I am sad he didn't get that win because he has been through a hell of a lot recently in the last few years from getting sacked to, you know, having to then change his entire career path to then race as obviously the Moto2 Bosco Scuro in the FIMCV Moto2 series. And then he was an outright favourite and then he got stomped into the ground by Fermin Aldego. He was pretty much unstoppable last year. You know, and then... Him and Fermin were like a league above everyone else last year. And so with Alonso getting second place in every race bar two, where he got first and a third. And the only, the only reason he got third was because Fermin sent him off the track. And yep. um, I think Noradin was able to capitalize and take the last place. Oh, Cardless. Yeah, that was it. Cardless. So, you know, and then the he obviously road. he won the race. So um, he won one race at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, it was an absolute belt of a year he had last year and so you're like okay you two are the best so surely you'll go up Fermin goes up and a lot of CV riders go up but not Lopez you know you've got riders such as Kenneth Kubo that goes up and you're like why are you going up when there's clearly better riders Zaccone gets a seat <laughs> and you're like huh? money in it yeah and money, money. Lopez did have a seat although well, to be fair Zaccone should have gone up in 2020 so yeah but he's, he's not really doing much now but um like and like, because I was I was very interested about this Lopez thing. I am going to go speak about Lopez for a minute because he deserves the praise, all the praise in the world, to be honest. But because I spoke to his manager quite a lot, pretty much harassed him because I wanted to know if Lopez got a seat. And every week he was like, he's in talks with these teams, he's in talks with these teams. And then it came to the last team, and the very end, he got Lopez got pushed aside for a rider with a different passport. Um. <laughs> basically to give the rider a seat. The other rider does deserve a seat and they do. I'm not going to name names or team name, but <laughs> the other rider is doing really well as well. Like they've had a lot of podiums this year. They're doing really well. Um, but yeah, it was just shitty then to see him push back to the chair for another year where he really shouldn't be. And now look at him. He's just, tonight he got sacked and he's back in the world championship and he's just he's absolutely it. stunning. And then still drinking beer. What's that? Whiskey and Coke. Whiskey and Coke. Did it say Jack Daniels as well? All right, okay. Carry on. The little bit. Oh. 
He's drinking a little beer. John Daniels. 7.5% Cummins. That's disgusting. But yeah, Lopez deserves <laughs> the podium today and deserves to win. But yeah, and he'll, he'll probably win a race very soon. I think definitely. if this had happened and then the scenario was the same in the next race, he would now have the tools to defend because he'll know how to defend at the front. Yeah. obviously he didn't have right now. Nah, mate, his defending was amazing today. Yeah, I've never we, seen a rider defend like that. No, but there was an era of inevitability that Fernandez would find a Oh, reason. yeah, Fernandez is always going to send it. Fernandez yeah, is Fernandez. Whereas now, I think Lopez will have learned more from that than the previous five races where he came in. Oh, yeah, of course. It's mad, though, to think that Lopez is actually still a rookie because he hadn't completed six races before he came in this year. Yeah, so that was he's... race number seven, I believe, wasn't it? No, nine. This is ninth race in the World Championship, Moto 2. Oh, uh, really? said seven of course. Yeah, I don't know why they said that to be honest, because he does he has done nine in total. But um still impressive. You know, he's 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 done so well and mm. he is yeah, he's a rookie. People don't realise he's a rookie because it's weird to say that he's a rookie, but he is a rookie. And mm. well, he replaced the rookie, technically. Yeah, he <laughs> That's did. The worst yeah. Mm. But he's like, wow, like just Fanati wouldn't have done yeah. that, unfortunately. They Bosco Scuro, hate him all you like. We hate the decision. Like what he did was pretty shitty to Fanati, but it's paid off. Definitely. And the thing is, if there was going to be a result anyway, it would be you. Look at last year. Yeah. Bosco worked the best. Navarro on the box. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it's just, it's one of those things that I think Aragon would be very promising. Oh, yeah. Aragon would be really very similar. And Lopez will obviously know Aragon on a Moto 2 bike. Yeah. So, you know, could be be a big thing. But then where was Furman? Berman 15th. was 15th. Yeah, yeah like... He kind of got that pole and kind of dipped off. But again, yeah. the bike is very finicky where sometimes at some circuits it works really well, other times it doesn't. But Lopez seems to make it work everywhere he mm-hmm. goes. It's the setup window it is. When you're in that setup window, it's like the Suter was and the KTM to a lesser point. When you're in that setup window, it's as good as the Kalex. But finding that setup window compared to the Kalex is like trying to find a needle in a haystack sometimes. Yeah, just I know what you mean. Lopez just seems to have it dialed like, everywhere he goes. And yeah. I could like to see him Which on Kalex. I'd like to see him on Kalex, to be honest. But he doesn't really yeah. need to be on a Kalex. He's getting podiums on a speed-up, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, look at how every rider who's gone from a speed-up to a Kalex has improved. Like, even Unless Navarro. Unless Navarro. <laughs> like, even Navarro has improved. Like, he's more consistent, more regularly, he, rather than decking finished, at every risk. He finished fifth overall on a speed-up a few years ago. Hmm. And then just went completely downhill as the speed up, but more finicky. Now he's on a Kalex, and although his he's not like challenging for the front, his consistency is much better. Yeah, he's because not because obviously the Kalex the setup is just so much better. Yeah, but um, speaking of another Moto Two riders, uh, I want to give a big shout out to Cameron's favourite Rory Skinner. Yes, mm. I yeah. nailed it right. Absolutely mm. outstanding. He didn't do any prior tests to the race weekend. Mm. He's never ridden a Moto 2 bike before. The first time he sat on it was Wednesday. And he comes yeah. in, he beats Sean Dylan Kelly, which to Sean's defense, I don't think he's ever ridden Silverstone. He's obviously still a rookie. Whereas, obviously, Rory knows Silverstone very well. Blah, 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 blah. It'd be more even to see, bet- to compare between the two at Austria. Um, yeah. But yeah. still, he still beat Sean well, he's Austria. Kelly. Well, he was top yeah, American racing team, wasn't he? 
because Bobby had crashed, Sorry? but still, he was top. Yeah, he was. Yes, yeah. you're yeah. right, actually. Yeah. Bobby yeah, he was. So, yeah. there's a, a sort of um, nice accolade by default. Yeah, it's it's uh, honestly, I'm I'm quite excited to see what he can do, can do and how he will compare with Sean at Austria because neither of them have ridden at Austria on the Moto yeah. Two, but they both would have been rookies, wouldn't they? Yeah, Austria, I think both of them know it. it. I think Sean did ride it in the rookies, and obviously, yeah, I'm saying yeah, both yeah, of them yeah. would have ridden it at the rookie in the rookies cup last yeah. time they rode it. So, so they were very a... very level peg in there. Um, yeah. But for Rory, the only to difference hop... is Rory will be on a year old bike. Yeah, mm. you're not meant to say that. You're not meant to say that, Jake. It, it's obvious. You can see the front fear is yeah. different. Ah, okay, fine. <laughs> it was his attitude. In, sorry, before we move on, like it was his attitude as well, though. Like when they spoke to him on the grid, he was just like, ah, you know, I'm just here to like have fun and test. Testing, and he's yeah. like, he beats what somebody Corsa well, yeah. and SDK. I mean, sure, yeah. there was a bit of attrition in the front, but there weren't too many spills. And he still, what did he finish? 21st? Yeah, Corsi beat him, but he beat oh, SDK. Oh, yeah, sorry, right. and it was only half a second between him and yeah, Corsi. Yeah, I think it was a last lap, That's all right. last lap Corsi special. Yeah, it was only him. half a second. So. Yeah, and obviously Rory was for you just on, yeah, around 40 seconds from the winner, which is not that bad. That's what, over 18 laps, there's about two seconds a lap, which is for your Moto2 debut. On a two-minute lap, that's decent. Yeah, on a two-minute lap. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, fair play, like... Um, just really, really impressed by Rory Skinner. He's, we've known since he was, you know, racing the Red Bull rookies that he was supreme talent. And I have messages oh. from people going, you're like, who is he? You know, and you're like, how the hell do you not know who he is? You know, he's a Red Bull rookies race winner. He's an ex-junior world championship rider. He's a British Island Cup champion. He's a British super sport champion winning nearly every race in the season. He's a multiple BSB podium finisher. And he's 20 years old. Is he yeah, 20 that's now? That's the scary part. Yeah. He's 20, yeah. Crazy. Like he's, he's riding, you know, and winning superbike races at 20. He's, yeah. he's going to go far. He's not, he's not won a BSB yet, has he? He crashed out with the lead at Knock Hill, but... He did crash out with the lead, yeah. He's been mm. close. He has been close. But yeah. to hop off a BSB and hop onto a Moto 2 like that, like, what? Yeah. Really, 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 really impressive stuff. Um, I love it. Anyway. Yeah, but yeah, like moving on to the main show of the day, obviously MotoGP. Um, oh, I wanted to see Vinales win that so bad. Oh, I know he could have had it. Yeah, he could have had it. Good, he could. Like should have. Yeah, because like he he had an issue obviously into T one, whereas he nearly got hit by Fabio, obviously. And then from what I've seen, I don't know how confirmed this is that his. Um, Ryan Hyde device messed up and didn't work properly into T1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. But you could see it. The front yeah. just went. Like if, right. if that hadn't have happened, if some butts or blah blah blah, yeah. if that hadn't have happened, he'd have been a clear winner. Like the fact that he could make up six tenths on Peko in about two and a bit sectors was mental. And then yeah. again, yeah. the last lap, he made a few mistakes, which you know you kind of expect it from a guy who's. Sat here going, I could be the fifth rider in history to win on three different manufacturers. Yeah, Ooh, I think he, yeah, he kind of he wanted it a bit too much, maybe, and was a bit over aggressive on the last lap. But yeah. he made but, the move too early on Peko. Mm. Yeah, because he kind of showed he'd his cards a little lap, bit. He would have if he even if he just like sort of run Peko wide, Peko wouldn't have had time to respond. Mm. I can see why he did it because he clearly thought, oh, I got the pace, just pass and go. But you don't do that to Peko, who's on an on form Peko. You just don't. Well, that's it. Was... Given the rest of Peko's form through the season, I was like almost expecting him to just bin it anyway. 
Yeah, me too. And like, Pecco's had a lot on his plate at the moment, obviously, because he's had obviously, the drink driving stuff and he's had, mm-hmm. you know, he's had a lot of slack recently. So it's nice for him. Like, yeah, I'm not ever going to excuse the drink driving stuff. Like, that is horrendous and don't condone it. And I hope the law, the full Spanish law, you know, they come down like a sack oh. of shit on him for that because it's just disgraceful. I'm not going to get into yep. whether he should have been penalised by his employer because that's kind of a different topic that a lot of people will differentiate from. Yeah. But him to come here and act, you know, because it was like he looked really good before the summer break and then you're like, mm, is it going to continue? It's a bit, mm. but he's, he's, he's come back here with a win. With a win. Yeah, it's, and when he, he looked pretty iffy all weekend as well and then just kind of comes along on Sunday and wins it. So yes, but the, it's the opposite of Peckham. Normally it's Saturdays is day, isn't it? Yeah. And he didn't get pulled. Where did he qualify? Thinking, oh my god. Um I'm just this looking was it now, not. I think. Hold on. Can't remember off the top of the dome. Uh fifth or fourth. He qualified in fifth. But, but yeah, fifth. fifth I was right. That's okay. I mean it's yeah. not a bad qualifying, but it's not Peckle oh, yeah. form. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't turn it down if the start of the weekend, like but no. Exactly. So we could have been like, like my opinion is that with the whole drink driving thing, he's if he's being punished by the law, then that's the punishment. Like it if you're doing it multiple times like Hector Barbara, then yeah, sack him. Yeah. Because it does look, But if it it's a one off yeah, like it, it makes Ducati look bad, it makes Pedal look bad, it makes everybody, like nobody come out and be looking good, you know what I mean? No, but like mm. if I, which I would never do because I would never drink and drive, but if I was to say be caught drinking yeah. and driving, I wouldn't expect my employer to be like, oh, right, Declan, you're suspended for a week because you've been caught doing that, like... Yeah, you I wouldn't expect know. to be sacked for it, would you? Like you'd still be expected to come in and do your stuff without a vehicle. Yeah. What if it had been someone like, like but, Bez or one of the lower Ducati riders? Lower in... Because that's the thing. That is a tricky yeah. one because it, because he's battling for a championship. Value. He could be battling for a championship. You know, if it had been, I don't know, Dovi or Brad, Darren Binder who won't win a championship this year, yeah. maybe it's different. Like, I would have liked to have seen public opinion if it had been Fabio the most loved at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But again, I don't really want like, to... My, my point is that you shouldn't be sacked for the first offence when yeah. you've been dealt with by the authorities. If he had come in and, like, say, Paolo Chibati had caught him hammered driving, fair enough. But if he's been caught by the authorities, it's going to be punished accordingly. Mm. You wouldn't yeah. lose your job over it. So No, but this is kind of the debate I didn't want to discuss, as I've mentioned a minute ago. Yeah, sorry. Um, Let's carry yeah, on. Just, <laughs> uh, that, that's why I prefaced it by saying my opinion. Yeah. Um, does not reflect EMR and its subsidiaries. No, but God, no. back onto the MGP, like... I don't know. It was obviously amazing to see Bagnaia win. There's a lot of Ducatis up there as well, like Jack Miller. But yeah, like I was going to say, like Bastianini kind of, I was like, most way through the race, right? And Bastianini was 11th. I was like, oh, for God's sake, like, why on earth is Ducati looking at him? Like, why are you not (laughs) looking, like, why did you sack Jack Miller? Why have you done? And then with one wing, he comes from 11th to 4th. And That's he probably overtook, why he was 11. Most importantly, he overtook Jorge Martin, who is the guy he is battling for mm-hmm. that seat. And Davide, Davide Tardozzi confirmed that between Austria and Mazzano, they will officially announce Pecco's teammate. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I think that's why only, was 11th. But it's they literally. said... 
that the only difference between the factory seat and the Primark team will be the colour and nothing else. Yeah. So, right. It's prestige on it. It's the extra balls. The pay Knowing packet. You, you beat out the other guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the, the factory seat. You know, like, yeah, it can be you can be different, but it's it's still a factory ride, isn't it? I mean, based yeah, on like today, you, it's got to be Bastianini. Got to be. Oh, I don't know. Like, he would have won with two wins because that is 100% why he didn't win, in my opinion, was he did. It took him about three, four laps to figure out how to ride it. Mm. Because, well, as Marini said, it was unrideable when he had his wing knocked off. Yeah, and then and then and then Bassinini comes. Yeah, Bassinini could have seriously done some damage today. Yeah, like literally, like the way he was having to stick his leg out through Maggots and Beggars just to balance the bike. Mm. It was it was something to be old, but he, yeah. he would have done way more with with a more balanced bike. But yeah. It, it definitely handicapped him. Yeah. There's a reason those wings are on the bikes. Of course, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I don't know, it's interesting to see that Bastian, could still do that with half a wing and then against Jorge Martin as well to beat Jorge Martin. And a you know, he bike. was only what? Yeah, he's only second behind Miller as well. So, mm. pretty I mean, ridiculous. It's an old bike, but he's got the 2022 fairings on it. Well, no, it hasn't. Yeah, it it's got the same shape as Jack's. Are you sure? Yeah, I because I was checking in part for me and I looked and I was like, yeah, no, they are actually the same. But he was running the 21 in qualifying. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely different in part for me when I looked. Ooh. I, um, I was, I noticed, oh, was it? Bear's got the 22 fair in on the 21. Yeah. 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 So it's definitely possible. Yeah, it's, it's mm. interesting, isn't it? But it became a 17 <laughs> with one win. Yeah, it's not as good, to be honest. But, um, yeah, and of course, we can't speak about my GP without speaking of the absolute man of the race, Alicia Spargaro, mm, who warrior. had the ball to send it under Fabio Cotteraro as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, the guy destroyed himself from an FP4, qualified sixth within an hour of that horrendous high side. Mm. And got under the previous lap record. Did a 57 around the circuit. The first ever. Yeah, the first ever with two fucked ankles. And then mm. was even more horrendous today because it was still, obviously it hurts even more in the morning. Yeah. It was probably drugged up to the gills. And yeah. yeah, lost a lot of places during the race, whatever. And still had the bloody courage to send it under Fabio <laughs> in the last lap. Yeah, he's... Uh... To worry is That's one thing you ne- you know about is people never ever give up. Yeah. No and matter what. Like he probably was advised at some point not to race today. And he went, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, the championship lead difference is only twenty two points. Mm. That he, is considering where he was at 115 mile an hour on Saturday, mm-hmm. he will be coming from you thinking he's won the lottery. I think, right. I don't know what it is about Alasia's year, but he, I'm fully it's behind him now. He could win that title, man. Like, because he just needs to obviously put the results together. Blah, blah, blah. Fabio obviously was eighth today, which is a bit weird. Um, we'll just discuss yeah. that in a minute. But um, Alasia, he kind of, every time he has something that would absolutely ruin him previously, you know, like this bad crash or Fabio punting him off for Assen. It would absolutely ruin him and he'd be nowhere. But this year, every time somebody throws something horrendous at him that would ruin his race normally, 
he just comes it, back from it. It's like that's kind of mentality where he's like, no hill is too big to climb. Champion's attitude. Definitely. Like, literally, there's no other way to put it. That That is, it's Fabio's attitude of, oh, well, it's in front of me, do the best I can, rather than thinking, oh, what if, which is what he was doing before with like the Aprilia, because the, the Aprilia was a what if story, wasn't it? Yeah. Because he knew it was a, it could be better. Now he has the tools. He's got the experience. It's a, it's a perfect storm. And more years to, to see him improve it. And he's got Vinales on the other side of the wall. Or other yeah, side of the which pit, helps the wall. her massively. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think Galatian needs to be a team leader. Oh, yeah. He needs the prestige and the confidence. But that pairing now between Galatian Maverick is just like, it's like, it reminds me of um, Jack and Bagnaya. Like, it's such a good pairing. Like they bounce off each other so well. And between them, they really are elevating Aprilia to another level purely because of the chemistry that they've got. Yeah. Like it's it's not a coincidence that they raced together previously and both have gone on to bigger and better things. Well, they were both at they Suzuki, were weren't they? Suzuki. Yeah. 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 They were both yeah. Best in each other at when Suzuki. Vinales was a rookie. Mm. Yeah, Vinales won a race, Leish got poles, which neither of them I don't think either of them would have done quite as quickly if they hadn't had each other as the teammate. But yeah, it's a. I just I don't see a, I don't see a downside to Leash this year. Mm. I don't see a chink yet. It's gonna which, make MotoGP Unlimited this year really good. <laughs> oh yeah, if I still that filming it. <laughs> oh surely. Yeah, there's just no chink in the armor, is there this year? It's, it's terrifying. Like mm. it's took him thirty three years, but here he is. Like. And with two more Aprilias on the grid next year, surely Aprilia have got to be in for constructor this, title. This is where I'm nervous. Is it going to take focus off Aprilia and maybe worse with no concessions also? No, because they've got... The rumour is Miguel Oliveira and Raul Fernandez. And with those two, Miguel Oliveira can develop a hell of a bike. Oliveira is an outstanding rider, as we know. I think having Oliveira in there will only help to push it further. Having an obscenely talented rider like Ralph Fernandez in there will push that bar even higher. I only mm. see, if they choose those two riders, I only see them coming up together even more. That was a weird action for me to do. But, uh, <laughs> coming yeah, no, up together. I, I, with I'm with you in that thing. I'm just thinking more of factory resources in terms of development. Because they've never had more than two bikes. Yeah, but that's the thing. Be a whole new world. With the, you got to remember the the old satellite teams would be only the factory riders would get the new parts and nobody else. And I think Prillian may have to operate like that for a little bit and then let parts trickle down to Miguel and Raúl as the season goes on when there are mm. spares. But let Aleish and Vinales test everything, make sure that it's all good. And when it is good enough, then create more for Miguel and Raúl. If they don't like it. And they can amend it. Or they can See, I think it. they would be quite smart to do the Jack Miller Pramac and let Miguel take development lead. They will. I think they would because Miguel's more experienced. He's got years at KTM. Yeah, he did turn the KTM into a winning bike pre, like for a bit. <laughs> That's the thing, <laughs> though. Then... You mentioned Jack Miller Pramac, and it's an interesting thing. I thought the other day that I wanted to mention the podcast. Right, you look at KTM right now; they are struggling like hell. They've got. In Tech 3, they've got two rookies, never ridden a MotoGP bike before this year, don't have anything to base it off. You've got Brad Binder on one side of the garage, 
only ever ridden KTM. Miguel on the other, Miguel Oliveira on the other side, only ever ridden KTM. Mm. Jack Miller coming in has got experience on the Honda and knows the Ducati as well, and can bring a bring. And obviously, Danny Pedrosa has helped to push him in a good direction, thanks to his Honda knowledge. But Jack Miller riding the best bike on the grid will help to steer KTM in maybe a different direction that they didn't know already. Mm, which helps KTM that that happened year. last year with Petrax, didn't we? And didn't. Yeah, that's true. But um, I don't it's, know. It's, I think Jack being factory will be a different dynamic, I think. Yeah, I think Paul going to Tech 3 when they do say announce it. It's, that's going to be the masterstroke, not Miller, in my opinion, because Paul has already ridden a winning KTM. He didn't win on it, but he's ridden a winning KTM, which he knows what it what it needs, what it should feel like, which Binder does too, I guess, but clearly they've lost the thing. Now they've got more than one input. I think bringing Paul back is a smarter move than, than Miller, because then Miller can just springboard the development that Paul needs to make a base for. I think both of them will work in Harmony because mm. they're struggling too much with riders that don't know anything else. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Like Miller, Miller's not going to have a base setup because that KTM is so different. Paul is going to know what the base set base base setup the base setup should be because he's coming back to it. But surely the KTM's changed dividends. so much since Paul was on it. Like it, I don't it think might it's just... changed that much, no. to be honest. It has changed a lot and obviously feels different. Mm. It's still the same because thing at the core, though, It's isn't still it? the same base, However, which is uh, where he's going to thrive. A winning KTM back in 2020 would yeah. still be at the back of the grid now. So getting it to feel like yeah. that would maybe just be totally the wrong... Path to well, go I down. think it's a combination of the rider and the bike. Mm. Yeah, because but, you know, Miguel Oliveira won a race on it. Brad Binder's took on the podium this year. It's not like it's true. a bad thing, but it's it's a case of it was clearly a comfortable bike. You could you could use it. Yeah, which I don't think you can use the full potential of this year's. Mm. I just don't know where they've kind of fallen apart. You know, they've got the richest sponsor on the grid and. It happens, you know what I mean? Like, look at Honda. Yeah, about Nobody ever thought Honda would be in these kind of streets. Yeah, but that's we all know why Honda aren't doing well. It's because one man smashed himself to bits. Honda were yeah, never good like, and haven't been good since 2015. The, the, the <laughs> Honda, the power of Honda, the, the size of Honda. For them to be in the shape they're in is outrageous. It shouldn't shouldn't be a thing, regardless of Mark Marquez. Yeah, oh yeah, Honda should... Honda, I remember, like, you go back to 2011, it was the best bike in the grid. Yeah, if Honda are going to lose their way, anyone can. It's that simple. And Yamaha, gone from being the best of the grid to being only one guy can do well on it. Yeah. Like, if imagine, right, you you come into MotoGP in 2015, right, and someone said, you, 2022, the two best bikes are going to be Ducati and Aprilia. You'd be like, You'd have laughed in their face, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you literally <laughs> would have been thinking, what the fuck you want about like? Yeah, because obviously it was 2016 when the only won his first race on it as well. So mm. maybe even go back to 2014 when the GP14.2 was running around and it was... Well, I was thinking probably come back in 2015, didn't I? So. Mm. Yeah, good point. I didn't even think of that, to be honest. But yeah, I'm just being a bit technical. But um, I don't know. Or even just... 2012 with the ART bike. Oh, God. I remember that. You know? Bloody and then hell. you could say, if you'd said, oh, Mark, 10 years down the line... That that GP12 is going to be a GP22. That's the best bike. That Aprilia CRT bike is going to be a full blown <laughs> factory effort that wins. Yeah, you'd say the oh, Suzuki you know, you, is. You've won third. what they were smoking. Yeah, you like Suzuki? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? 
Well, so yeah, you, he, yeah he, you'd be like, he, Suzuki's also going to be the third best bike on the grid. So, yeah, it would with be the easiest wild. to ride. And mm-hmm. you just you just wonder what they were on, wouldn't it? Yeah, you <laughs> it, would. just, it shows there's always Honda will come back, Yamaha will come back. It's it's just life cycles. It's, it's honest, a weird one because I don't know. I don't know. Go on, carry on. Well, I was just going to say it, it, the whole you know saying to someone that Aprilia and Ducati would be the best bikes on the grid in eight nine years in 2015 or whatever, it sounds like a Jacob prediction. Just sounds so like left field. <laughs> and just being like, nah. And uh, yeah, like, that's yeah. not happening. Yeah, no way. Yeah, like, I, I got on the Aprilia train early, I think. And, uh, so in 2026, like, a BMW and a Kawasaki will be first and second in the championship, right? There, there we that's go. That's BMW legacy. is basically a Suzuki. <laughs> yeah. It'll have Scott Redding on it. <laughs> A bimotor. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, They're looking at Kiwi. They're doing a motor too, aren't they? Yeah. A bimotor and an MV are going to be leading in 2026. And a Triumph? Mental. Maybe. But um, mm. on to Suzuki, as we mentioned them quickly. Alex Rins had a bit of a, a nightmare today. He was looking like he was going to win the race and yeah. he cooked his rear tyre a bit too early. Unlike Rins. It happens. Unlike Suzuki. Yeah, mm. and then me once again crashed. Yeah, he's falling it's apart. Head, it? Ever since Suzuki were like, "Now nah, we're not continuing anymore." Rin Mir, his little like cell safe hub that he had just kind of fell away at his feet, and you know he's stalling yeah. on this Honda deal, and it's like, bro, if you don't hurry up, mate, you're Fucking not going to have anybody on that seat next <laughs> yeah. year. It'd be Stefan Literally, Brad. ink it now, otherwise you're going to you're going they're going to withdraw it because you're doing. So It'll be like Bradle and Marquez next year, and like when they had Savadori on it because no one wanted it. Yeah, so it's one of those things that Mia is, as we know, one of the most naturally talented ever. Yeah. So if he can, if he can't make that Honda work, yeah. well, like Jorge mm. Lorenzo couldn't make it work, Paul couldn't make it work, Danny couldn't make it to work towards the end. I think this one has a better base to work with. I think they just phase. completely, completely ruined where they should have gone with it this year, which is the problem. Yeah. Like the mean. 2019 bike was literally Mark Marquez shape, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. But like, yeah. this one yeah. isn't. Just no, like Alex Marquez was the highest Honda today and he was 70. No, it wasn't. That changed. I read it and it's wrong. Yeah, it was Nakagami was the highest in. Yeah, that was qualifying. Nakagami was the highest Honda in 13th. And the only Honda points for no, wow. Paul Scargo got 14th, mate. Oh, Paul got 14th. Yeah, <laughs> Good boy. The guy's not reading things correct. That's great, isn't it? The thing is, look at Paul last year. Yeah. I know. And he was on pole. Paul on pole. Paul on pole. And fifth in the race, was he not? Mm, around there. I can't remember the top of the head, but he was in that look. group. No luck. It's Bruh. just horrendous. Like, but I any, think. Any confidence is shattered. Yeah. It's weird, though. Like, Mark has got criticised for years for like steering the bike in the wrong direction, blah, 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 blah. But I think they need Marquez for development because... No, I, I wouldn't say that so much as... Mark got criticised for the de- the direction which he took the development in. Me, but clearly it they can't fucking heavy. do it without him. Yeah, they made it front-end I mean, heavy. Like, yeah, that like, is just... Clearly, it's just a Honda issue, not a Mark issue, because... He's been out. He's had no say in this development, and it's still a pull bike. I think they need to do a management reshuffle. I think that bike's gone I think downhill he need to go to an since, 
since Pooage came in, mate, it's just gone downhill. Like, get back, Nakamoto, mate. The legend that is Nakamoto. Mm. He's busy chainsawing stuff, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, if I think they need to just completely wipe their V4 concept. It's, it's not working. Do they they can't doing, make the rear work. Mm. So whatever the rear is doing at the moment... It'd be really hard to just, walk away from a V4 given the state of the rest of the grid right now, though. This superbike engine is one of the most powerful inline fours. Yeah. They can mm. build a good inline four. Like, a well, it wasn't a great four. hours, isn't it? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, they can build a good inline engine. So clearly, a V4 is just it's done. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they can't make it work. They, they've, lost, they've lost their own tail. Get the V5 back. Fucked it. Illegal now. No. I know, massive sad. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, oh. I go a triple. Triple. Uh, triple. Yeah. Imagine the power you could make with a thousand cc triple now with, with what we know now. Or do it and say a single pot. Single. One cylinder. Oh my god! Be massive, wouldn't it? Oh, I man. think a triple would be the one. Look, because sound amazing as well. Think of how compact you could make a triple. In yeah. MotoGP now, because they, they are big bikes now. Mm. You know, long and Ducati's like a drag bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like even like the KTM. Like when I was watching mm. the Carwell video of it against the Lamborghini, oh, yeah. can earlier, the, the and it Danny. was like it was like yeah, and it was like flat down, and it was it just looked like a drag bike. It was mad. All it needed was an mm. extended swing arm, and it would be perfect. You know, mm, and a parachute. It's just no. It's just I think. I think Honda just need to reassess. Mm. Yeah. I think they, they don't. They don't. Bottom. They don't seem to be, don't, like, openly trying too hard either. Like Ducati ha- seem to have something else pretty much every weekend. Like they had those new wings. CG today. just does whatever. Yeah, he's got those yeah. little weird Pokemon <laughs> wings now, aren't they? Aye. What do we make of Imagine. Those? I like them. If they yeah. did, Miller didn't like him, Martin didn't like him, and they loved them. So mm. I think I'm just guessing here. But I reckon it's designed to push the rear into the ground more, more yeah. contact patch on the tire. Mm. Hold on. You carry on talking. I'll get what exactly it does for you. And um, with that then, obviously, you've got the front arrow on the Ducati with yeah. the, I can't remember what they called on the side, but uh, the, the Venturi tunnels. You've basically got the entire bike being pushed into the ground, mm-hmm. front and rear, with contact patch. And, of course, you've got the side benefit of it basically being a wing yeah. So it disturbs the A behind others. Well, that's it. It's, like it's a it's a it's a double whammy, and I cannot believe they're legal. Mm. But the, the just, fact that they are, there was so many people on social media just being like, "Oh, they're ugly," and oh, it like it just bring them back to like the old pretty bikes and stuff like that. It's, it's like make it a bike like you get on the road, and it's like, well, go watch super bikes then. Like this is prototype racing. Yeah, this is supposed to be and pushing every boundary they legally can. And this is part of it. It's, I don't know, just go be deck wings, and watch superbikes. Like, the way they crank their angles, it definitely is designed to push A down mm. when you're cranked over. What does no, it say? Matt Oxley, to give credit, because I know they all go mantle if you don't give credit. <laughs> Matt Oxley <laughs> tweeted a photo of it and said, to 
quote, Bastianini likes his new wings. They make the bike better on brakes by increasing rear downforce to increase rear tire contact so we can get more stopping from the rear tire. Right. But Jacobs has there a dog barking. So. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yes. Wow. I, I, I guessed. And it, it was an educated guess. Oh my God, you're so it, clever. It, it, it's all they could do. It, like, it was never going to lift the rear, was it? You know what I mean? Mm. And the bike's stable enough, so... Yeah, it's got to be more as well. Mm. KTM have a longer front exhaust. Matt Oxley again, um, who said that Oliveira says that KTM's longer front exhaust decreases vibration and gives better throttle connection. It's also louder, which is a rider's request so they can hear the engine better during battles with other riders. Which oh. is interesting, Ooh. given that Raul and Remy are not battling anyone at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but they're battling each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like as soon as I saw it, I just thought it's a hose pipe. It's yeah. like someone's welding. I mean, mm. but yeah, it's just, I, it's ugly if it works. That's quite a dog in the like background. You don't see anything. Yeah. Like, There's a dog every, in the mental every, in the background. You know what? Honestly, at this point, I think people just sort of don't give a shit. They know I did. The dog lived opposite me and then they said, nope. So, mm. yeah. It's charming. It's it, it, honestly, it, I, I swear, I swear they let it out specifically when I'm talking. Because I never hear it when I'm just sat in my bedroom or whatever. It's Sunday night, guys. Get the dog. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what it feels like. Has there been a GP this weekend, right? <laughs> just lock the dog outside. Funny enough, I was streaming last weekend on YouTube, streaming games oh, yeah? on Sunday. You stream games? <gasps> wow, Jake is a YouTuber. Oh yeah. Yeah, to all two of my subscribers. Oh, I, I got private everyone go <laughs> subscribe to Jacob. You can't. It's private links. Well, what's but, the um, point in that? Basically, then? so I can I can make clips, but uh, Ooh. but there was not one woof. So woof. I, I'm convinced they just yeah, mm. not one bork, not one howl, whatever you want to say a dog does. Hey. Um, mm. Anyway. Thick dog. Yep. <laughs> anyway, back to MotoGP. Um, yeah, so interesting to see the development, I guess. Um, but I'm again still struggling with Franco Morbidelli about what the frick is going on, man. Mm. He looks, it's weird because he looks good and he looks like he's going fast and then he's just nowhere. 15th. Yeah. It's definitely uh, the bike though. Gotta Wait, be. we've missed a bombshell we haven't even discussed. Boomst. Andrea Davizioso's retirement. Well, I was getting to that in a bit. I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring talk that up about in a bit now. before we go ahead, but yeah. Mm. So, now, Frankie is uh, Frankie's basically sealing his superbike coffin, I feel. Maybe. Which is sad. Like, the only way he's ever going to do anything now is if he gets that Aprilia or something. Otherwise, yeah, I think so. he's buggered. Mm. It's a real shame that Suzuki right. have pulled out because he might have got there, might have got in there, but... Well, they would have re-signed Rins and Mia, wouldn't they? That's the thing. Mm. So... Maybe. You know, if, if in 2019, Morbidelli had been offered the ride to teams, everybody would have ripped your arm off. Yeah. This Morbidelli, I don't think has the same pull. It's a real shame because I like Morbidelli. Yeah, oh, yeah. Guy. Frankie's a good boy, but... Yeah. He's a bald guy now, like... <laughs> yeah, you know that's the that's the desperation in a like, that's, that's the, the bombshell. No, that's literally like if you've got to shave your age just to try and change it up. Yeah, you know you're in 
a real bad spot. Oh, yeah, that's mm. straight up desperation when he gets that point, you know. Mm. Yep. Dovi, though. I know. Dovi, yeah. Dovi retired. At Misano, no less, at the end of the season. Mm. Which is annoying because it'll finish on 249 career races. Like, oh. come on, you could have waited, waited one more. Like, come on, man. Comes back at Valencia on a wild card Ducati for his 250th race, wins, you know, drops Mike, leaves. <laughs> like Troy Bayless did. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, see you later, boys. Like, That's maybe, what I was thinking. The thing is, though, right? He could become an Aprilia test rider next year again. Mm. Yeah. Because he did it last year, really enjoyed the bike, really enjoyed it. Aprilia need all the more support next year. Why not just rehire Davizioso? He enjoyed riding the bike last year. Said he didn't want to race it. He's going motocrossing, aren't he? Mm. He is, but he did motocrossing last year as well. He can do some, some test riding at RF every few weeks, can't he? Apparently, he's quick enough to end the world championship level. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Get him on W, no, what is it, MXGP? Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. If he, it, he probably will enter a couple of MXGP runs. Get him on the Rebel KTM. He is fast enough. Oh, imagine that, Dovi on the Rebel KTM MXGP team. Dovi and Caroli just make a return for a one-off. And he wouldn't have to blank off the logo on his helmet either because he can wear an Alpine Stars helmet, can't he? That still pisses me off. (laughs) It looks horrible. I can't believe Shoei still haven't paid him. No, he had to pay the showy for the showy lid. Alpine Stars bought those helmets that he's wearing. Like, each time Mm. he has a new helmet, Alpine Stars are buying them. Hmm. But, like... Wasn't it to do with the fact that Shui didn't pay him after he signed for Alpine Stars or something? No, Which I, is where it all started from. I heard Alpine Stars, this could all be false, this is all speculation, but what <laughs> I heard was that Alpine Stars bought out his Shui helmet contract so that he could be Alpine Stars from head to toe. Yes. Literally. And, uh, but apparently he was owed money by Shui or something, that like for the re- like residuals or something, like for the replicas. I don't know. To be and honest. then Shui absolutely refused because the contract was bought out. And right. refused to run their logo or something. I don't mm. know about that, to be honest. I've not heard that, but... That was something I wanted to clarify, though. So if a rider announces a retirement, is that just as a racer? Mm. So he could continue to be test rider? Or be a retirement like from MotoGP. Uh, well, technically, it's only a retirement from a contract. Well, no, it's like when Chaz retired last year, Chaz Davies, he retired from World Superbikes, but he's still racing in World Endurance. Right, yeah, 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 but that's because what, he's but retiring. Could he be that's what I mean. Like, could Dolphy be a test rider in MotoGP then, or has he retired yeah. from? Well, yeah, right, like, okay. Like Danny yeah. announced his retirement, didn't like, he? But in he's theory, still a test rider. Yeah, fair. Okay, sure. In theory, yeah. Dolphy could ride for another manufacturer. Technically, I bet there's a clause in his retirement so, contract. It'd be a retirement but... from being a full-time rider. So, like, mm. if he then was like, "Oh yeah," if Danny Pedrosa was like, "Right, I'm riding Red Bull KTM next year." from Qatar, no, from Portimao to Valencia, then he's out of retirement. But if he's just doing a wild card, then he's out of retirement for one race, for example. Demi-retired. Because what I read it, what I take it as is that he's retired from that particular Yamaha contract. Like I imagine there's obviously going to be something in place that he can't race another MotoGP like the rest of the season. No, he's just, he's announced his retirement, so he, he... yeah. Until his contract like, ends, he, he can't, he won't race. Mm. Yeah, like he won't. And he will be released by Cal Crutchlow. The theory is that he could quit the Yamaha and then hop on a Ducati the next race, for, like just as a as a thing. 
No, because he's still retired be... from the Yam contract. Like was... I assume they'd be closed. He's stuff, contracted but... to Valencia. He's just not racing after. Oh, no, he Mizano. is still contracted till Valencia. It'll be Valen- it'll be contracted till the thirty first of December, twenty twenty two. That's what I was thinking. Was it's a retirement from the contract? No, but if so, he's retired, retired and won't clause. race next year. If he then signed a contract with, I don't know, Aprilia to race. Aprilia next year then he would come out of retirement to race for Aprilia next year but as of now he is retiring from the sport and will not compete in any more MotoGP races after Mizano ever because the thing is obviously he won't be contracted to Yam till December 2022 because they won't pay him after Mizano no but he may have either bought out his contract from Mizano or said I'm not racing after this. Far more likely he signed an agreement not to ride for anyone else. But they won't pay him. Yeah, but the the simple is, without trying to overcomplicate it, he's he's retiring. He's not racing MotoGP anymore. You won't see him in MotoGP after Misano, basically, yeah. Yeah. But Yamaha or anyone else. No, unless he makes a wild card. Hmm. Yes. Which is unlikely. That's what I mean. It'll probably... uh, like going back to the other thing, I'd like to see him go back to Aprilia as a test rider because yeah. him and Salvadori would make a good little pairing. And even if he chooses, I don't want to race any more races like Danny said, then that's fine. You mm. probably speak to Danny and think, this is actually quite a cushy life. Yeah. It's cushy. You just yeah. turn up for Danny, a circuit. Danny gets all the love, gets so, paid well. Yeah, because Danny doesn't was have at, to risk his neck every weekend. Danny was at Austria last week testing. Do yeah. the odd drag race for Are YouTube. You? There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Easy. Get that Red Bull money. Head yeah, up. Easy. It. Show up at Goodwood oh. for some reason. Oh, yeah, got the Goodwood <laughs> Hill, yeah. But, um, yeah, do a few tests a year, get another story for your hopes. Yeah, good, nice. Thought but yeah, it would be nice to see Cal Crutchlow on the bike as well. Like, I don't think he'll do very well because he's retired and he's just had to get input, and it's the RNF, so they're not going to be getting major good parts anyway. Thing is, though, Cal will be on the development 2020. That's what I was going to say. He'll be on a mill. Yeah. No, mm. that's fair enough. But then, they still can't give RNF any information because they're going to Aprilia, so it's like... Well, that's why it'll be Cal in the Yamaha box. They won't. With RNF Callups, basically. Really? No. He won't have any RNF team members around him, put it that way. It'll they be will. Yamaha personnel. No, he's going to be racing for the RNF team. With yeah, the yeah, RNF yeah, but like, like it, I guarantee he'll have brought his test team, mechanics, etc., rather than Dovies. Uh, that, mm. that's, a, that's a Yamaha... That'll be a Yamaha's decision, not... RNF, but if it's racing for RNF, it'll be RNF techs around him. I'd love but him yeah, to do um, this. Because obviously they haven't got the contract, they don't want to see any 2022 secrets. No, no. Don't say, don't yeah. Tell you, oh yeah, well Yamaha are doing this next year. <laughs> obviously they'll have to like, try oh, and... Oh shit, we forgot about that. They're doing they'll have nothing. to try and hide what they can, but oh. if he's re- being replaced, then he'll just run with the same team members as Dovi, you'd think. I don't know, Yamaha might word it differently or run it differently, but... If you have any sense, they'll send their own team members for the test team. Yes. Um, but yeah, on to Moto2. Um, obviously... It was good. It was amazing. Mm. Like, yeah, it was really a good, good battle all the way yeah. down the field. Though. Amazing. Like, Jake Dixon, obviously, home crowd, home race, did superbly to take... The, especially with blooming Aaron Cannett on his case. Like, he was probably a middle crashing. Yeah, yeah, last guy you want on your case is Aaron Cannett because he will just yeah. push you past the limit. 
Mm-hmm. And just bully you into submission, and then you know it was a quick pace when Ayagura can't keep up. Yeah, and Ayagura yeah. is then honestly rating in the wings, and then when, once they started overtaking each other, then Ayagura could come in, and then obviously swoop up, and then finish ahead of Canet by the end of it. Mm. But um, Canet, Canet hit him, didn't he? Oh, did yeah, he? he did. <laughs> Going into Vale, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Contact, yeah, because he hit his front and rear tire. Yeah, yeah, that's but, that's what gave Dixon third place. Is yeah. that? That disturbed them both enough that Dixon got the clean. Away, yeah. But um, amazing ride. Obviously, I want to go back. Obviously, Alonso Lopez because some of the defending he did against Augusto Fernandez was some of the most amazing riding I've ever seen. Like the fact that every time Augusto made a made a look, Alonso Lopez would just chop his nose off every time, just cut him mm. off and. His defense into every corner was absolutely superb. And every time Fernandez went for it, he just couldn't until yeah. he basically just had to absolutely send it into, uh, I can't remember the corner name, Jacob, you know, Brooklyn's. Into, he had to just send it into Brooklyn's. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah, because it's that, because at the end of the straight, what's that straight they're on? That's the Brooklyn straight, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, so he was on the Brooklyn straight, obviously sent it past him then and then just had to make it stick. And as yeah. we saw yeah. in British Superstore. The end was. Oof. Yeah, and that's a risky one. As you saw with British Supersport a little while ago when Brad Peary tried on um, Jack Kennedy, made the move stick, Kennedy went wide, and then Peary just lost the front and slid out. Yeah, the, the thing for me was, I, I, I obviously, I've said before, I just the world feed over BT and that. The world feed were really annoying me with their comms because they kept being like, oh, Lopez has gone wide, Lopez has gone wide. But he hadn't. He was just carrying the corner mm. because then, of the Boscoscaro. Yeah, and he was just carrying it was the corner. Speed and everywhere. Slicing it off, wasn't he? He was just v- made a, when making a V. When out he's of doing it. the exact same every lap, he's not going wide. That's his line. Yeah, he was just making V's out of it. He was just carrying the corner speed mm. wide so they could sling it up, and which is why he was cutting off Augusto Fernandez every mm. time because he would carry it wide and then kind of pull it in at the last Because he knew bit. he had the speed. Yeah, and we carry the corner speed out. and um, the, the one he couldn't enter wide and sweep. Was the one Augusto did him on? And Augusto Anywhere knew else, that. Augusto, yeah. Augusto followed him for five laps and studied him mm. and knew, right, he's going to cut me off there, he's going to cut me off there, cut me off there. But this one corner. Mm. Mm. It just made sure he couldn't set it. up any line and get any flow going. It was just, yeah, it, just, it was very like, impressive. Because I never really, never have really taken an interest in like riders defending or anything like that. Mm. But the fact that his defending stood out to me that much that I was like, Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is why we need multiple chassis in Moto 2. Mm. Because if it's a K-list procession, you're all taking the same line. That's the thing, mm. though. It's great, but then it's like no one can make a competitive enough chassis that it's worthwhile. Because you had four yeah, Oscar Skiros on the grid last year, and two of them are crap. And as soon as you yeah. get um, Canet on off of one of those and onto a different one, bang, he's championship contender. Yeah. Yeah, so like the golden the golden days of 2010 when you're on the like, you had a Mori Wacky winning the championship. Mori Wacky, MZ, Ons Kalex. Wasn't even Kalex on their own at that Bimota. point. Suta, Bimota, yeah. Hey, well, hey. What, what was Julian Simon on the first half of the year? Some weird uh, Spanish oh, chassis. There's an FRT, FTR. FTR, yeah. yeah. Um, hold on, I'll get it for you now. There were so many. and like, But it seems like... As... Moto Bay, the GIR bike, TSR Moto Bay. Let's have a look. So you've got FTR, Kalex, Moto B, MZ, FTR, MZ, RE, Honda. You've got Suta. You've got a B Motor. Obviously, you've got an IAMT. You've got a Tech what, 3. What obviously. was Tommy Kayama on? A, I, IAM or something? 
You've got an AJR. Um, no, but that's what Simone was on. So what was it? Which rider, sorry? Tommy Koyama. He was on a really weird, weird named chassis. How do you spell his surname? A-O. A-O. Y-O-M-A. Y. K-O-Y-O. Oh, yeah, there you go. Suter. MX-12. Maybe it was 2011 then. <laughs> the A's of the Techno Max It was yeah. honestly, it was a weird, weird looking thing as well. Yeah, now you've mm. got. I remember it. Thing is, like, you've got, yeah, it's amazing. You've got three different manufacturers on the Moto 2 grid, but um, the MVs are at the back of the but grid. Two in a super sport bike. Yeah, the MVs are at the back of the grid. The Boscos are like either unrideable or only one rider could do well on it. Whereas mm-hmm. the Kalex is consistently good at every track. How would you compete with that? You can't. And like, even when, couldn't do it. even when you got brands coming in, like, K, like KTM, who are like, nah, mate, we're KTM. We're the best. We're going to make our own Moto 2 bike. And it sucked that bad. They had to abandon well, the project. Hold on a minute. I know they put money from Moto 2 <laughs> into Moto GP, which is why it, they pulled but out. But it didn't suck until it, they decided to use the same engine mounting points for the mo- new Moto 2 engine. It, in the Honda era, it was a bloody good In the good Honda, shot. it was amazing. Yeah, Honda era. And then as soon as they went to kick, take Triumph, the designer decided to use the exact same engine mounting points for a far different engine, and it didn't work. Yeah, and it cost Bender a title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Terrible. I mean, it's still racing now in the Chev. <laughs> yeah, with one dude. Which is mental. Um, is, the, is it not the 18 as well, though? It's the, it's it's the 600. It's, yeah, it's the 600, though, isn't it? It's not a Triumph engine. Ooh, I don't know. It's a Honda engine. <laughs> I don't know the top of the day. But, you know, and then you've got, ooh, you've got a KTM now, and they're on a Kalex. You've got Yamaha in the championship, and they're on a Kalex still. You've got Fantech, Fantech next be on year. A Kalex. They're on a Kalex. And you're like, ah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just, like, it's that much of a Kalex tra- championship that other, cha- other brands don't even want to try. Do you know what I was shocked at to f- discover the other day? What? Alex employs seven people. Yeah. Are we? <laughs> right? That's crazy. Right? No, they t- nah. Okay. Seven people. Google it. Like, does that mean everyone else is on like a freelance self-employed contract? They're not. I they're assume not they must freelance yeah. some stuff. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds like a statistic that actually sounds... sounds impressive but maybe is sinister in a way yeah let's have a look maybe the rest of it's oh, slave labor bike. um three races i took them seven races to get their first podium they got eight titles that's wrong there's probably more than that now no it's eight is it no they got a picture of balder on here <laughs> this eight is old man <laughs> they got the two on there. Win were elias in moriwaki they haven't updated Mark Amasuta. Uh, I don't know. They haven't updated their website since 2013. Right. So 2019, sorry. Well, yeah, they so don't employ got... like website staff then. <laughs> <laughs> so they won title one, yeah, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They've got eleven now. Huh. Because they won <laughs> they won yeah, of course. 21, 20, 19, 18, well, no, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, and 11. I'm confused, because... Bradle's um, the first. Yeah, yeah, but I'm... Um, you know the... 
like the scores at the end, the constructors championships and all that in Moto Two. Mm. Yeah, this is underneath. Sorry, it's I said should, eight constructors championships. They are eleven times rider world champion. I mean, so that's why eleven riders have won titles on their bikes. Right. Yeah, eight constructors though. Yeah, I was super confused because I saw I saw it earlier and I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but um, I don't know how many staff they've got. To be honest, it's just gone on a fucking mental. Damien Cudlin <laughs> won it. What on one? Damien Cudlin won one. Yeah, on a Kalex <laughs> chassis in 2008. And Moto Two plans in 2000. Why are we talking about Bumming Kalex's history? <laughs> Back to <laughs> Because they just do it. Yeah. they are the best. In they have made the best bike by a long mile. Um, and yeah, like even you had NTS come in. Couldn't make it work, and like so many teams have come in and gone. Weird ass thing. That was such a strange bike. Well, like, no, it, it was such a promising thing. Well, it won the um, CV Motor Two class with uh, Stephen Odendahl. Odendahl, yeah, but it, it had all the ingredients because it was the Motor B team who DeAngelis rode for. Yeah, but nothing beats Kalex these days. I think Zarko rode it. JAR um, team. I Correct me if I'm wrong on yeah, that. I think he rode for Moto B a few years ago, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Before he no, moved it was, to it was the, competitive then. Before he moved to the Kylax. Um, before he went to Suta on the Kami Ioda Suta and yeah. then Io. Because what did And Because you know, when he was yeah, on Caterham it was a Suta though, wasn't it? Yeah. With Josh Heron. Um for a bit. So anyway, yeah, back on what's back happened on to, to Vietti? Do we think yes, he's, he's doing this thing right where he's like, I don't want to win the championship at the moment. You can have it, Augusto Fernandez. Here's the championship lead. Mm. He's breaking out all reliable, isn't he? No, you. Yeah, he's just doing it. It's like MotoGP 2020 when everyone was like, nah, I don't want to win the championship. You can have it. Yeah, yeah, no, you. Oh, no, you, sir. Have to use it, of yeah. course. It's got to oh, be Fernandez go, now, right? It's got to be I'm hope- after today. I'm hoping, like, because Augusto Fernandez even said that he wasn't sure if he could carry this momentum that he had before the break, after the thing. And then he got a good result on qualifying. Based Where did on he qualify? history, though. Where did he qualify? Uh, pole. pole. Oh, it was his second ever pole. When he got pole, it was like, yeah, yeah, I can still do it. <laughs> I've still got nice. it. Literally, his second ever pole, his first one was Barca 19. Blair, right. Nick. And uh, like, is... I, I, I hesitate, based on previous form, to ever say that Augusto Fernandez can carry form. Mm. That's the thing, yeah, because he kind of he came up to second in the championship of twenty nineteen and was like like wow, he's come from absolutely nowhere and then he just kinda of went, uh nah. Yeah, so this is why I hesitate until he's got a championship that's literally only his, no one else can win it. Mm. I, I I can't trust it. Well, based on consistency then, maybe it's Agura's to win. And the thing that's is though, what I'm thinking Agura. Well Agura, yeah, is looking <coughs> fucking amazing. But like this is what I've said in previous podcasts. No Moto Two rider deserves to step up for next year. But if Augusto yeah. Fernandez can keep his consistency and win this title, he's the only rider I can see moving up. Would you want to put him on a KTM? Nope. I want to see him on, especially as he's riding an Ali chassis. I'll put as him on I the said Rep- last week. Put him on the Repsol Honda. Fuck it. <laughs> mm. If Mir ain't gonna sign, yeah, Fernandez. Well. <laughs> because as I like as they said last week. Unless you're riding a trailer chassis the entire way through, I think the KTM is a daunting prospect. Well, it is, mm. yeah. That's it. But, um, yeah, Vietti is just kind of, eh, uh, nah. Vietti, nothing's happened to Vietti, though. This is just Vietti. 
Yeah, it's it's very Vietti like. He's he's not had amazing consistency, but he does manage to pull it out of the bag. Like he wasn't poor today, but he has six. And he had a long lap penalty. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's that's not bad. So. That's still championship keep you in contention kind of thing. But it's behind it's not, Agur, it's yeah. behind Cannon, and it's behind Fernandez. But it's not Fernandez. behind a win in Fernandez. Suddenly the picture looks a bit worse. Yeah. If it, Fernandez had got fourth. Well, the fact that Vietti's dropped, Vietti's dropped a third in the standings now. Yeah, yeah well, they were equal, he was... He was equal him with and Agura. Yeah. Was it yeah, no, Fernandez was and, a point behind, and now they've... Yeah. <laughs> Fernandez leads. He's gone, ha, 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 screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's the best, though, you. Yeah, literally. Um, but yeah, it's it's just been a bit of a mad one. And I'm pleased to report that um, Corsi can still win the Moto2 World Championship. So, you know, we are still looking good <laughs> on that case. The only way Simone Corsi is going to win the Moto2 Championship is if we teleport back to 2010. Yeah. And even then, it's unlikely. <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, we've spoken a lot about Meta 2 already, but um, we'll go into predictions in a little bit. Philip Salat, so he had a great start to the season, fell off a bit, and now he's building back up again. You know, he had he had a few good races recently, Philip Salat, because he was racing championship. Yeah, he had a really good race in the Netherlands. Uh, I think mm. he was 10th or 9th. Obviously, struggled in Germany, struggled in Catalonia. But he's kind of... So this... His result today... Um, ninth place is the best result he's had in Moto Two yet. Solid. Which is mad when you think how strong he was at Qatar. Yeah, yeah, he was fifth at Qatar. Mm. Yeah, so, but again, this is Salach, and it's a good chance he could be twenty first next week. You know. Uh, well, that's the thing. Yeah. Like I thought that, but then he's he's kind of carried it over from the winter break again. I tell you who I do want to give a massive shout out to. Oh, Ben Snyder. Oh, Ben's... <laughs> Yeah. Bo is <laughs> making it work in consistent top tens on an SAG bike. Yeah. Like that that deserves applause. Like he's doing really well, don't get me wrong. But it's again, it's like a it's too little too late, I think, now if he's not Yes. But the last guy to make the SAG work was Rem Dog. And then the ground when he got a good bike. That's it. Mm. Bo is <laughs> Bo is a freaking anomaly. Like he's only twenty three, nearly got pushed to World Supersport in the AEAB back a few but years ago. He signed the contract, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And then obviously SAG pushed out Kazma Daniel to get him in. You know, <laughs> and then he was like, because he was with the NTS, because he never really got Calix until last year. And I remember he had that outstanding run with the NTS, you know, and he was scoring points. He got 14, 14th and 8th at Valencia and then pulled him out and was amazing. You're like, okay, now nah, he deserves to come in Moto 2. Let's get him in Moto 2. And then the howl happened and then he... He qualified on the front row for the opening round of 2021 season at Qatar. And you're like, mm. oh my God. You know, and then he's just kind of gone, nah, no. Mm. I, I think it's as much an SAG symptom. Like, but, chuck him on, say, an intact, you know, even a B team, like intact, and he'd be thereabouts. Yeah, I think as though he is now, how old is he? He is um, 12th in the championship, so 61 points, right? Last year, he scored 46 points. He was already outscored last year. Which is really good. He had his he equaled his highest ever Moto two result. How many DNFs has he had? Assen. Hold on a sec. He equaled his highest ever result at Assen last time out with fifth. He's mm-hmm. had zero DNFs so far this year as well. That's that's the point. He had two last year, which is not many, and then one the year before, three before the year before. He's if I remember yet. rightly, 
he had one crash on the NTS, all you. No. And it was a DNF. Oh, wait, in, in 2020? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in, and it was, it, he didn't crash in any practices or anything. He had one entire crash, the entire U. Yeah, in 2020. On the yeah. Which is amazing. That's a stat, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he did crash three times a year previous, so it's not like it was just. Mm. But um, yeah, and there's a lot of riders who have made a step. I think Jeremy Alcoba made a step this weekend, straight into Q2. Manu today. Gonzalez did. Manu Gonzalez, who, as I've said many times, is an absolutely obscenely good rider. And to be figuring out that Dunlop now. Really impressed. But yeah, I have a feeling. How about, right? I've just told this. How about we each do like a ride of the race? Right. So like at the end, after we've done our predictions, we'll do a rider. We'll say our rider of the race. Each. What, for each class? Or? Yeah, each class. Well, like a we'll predicting a rider of the race or just... No, just like this was our rider of the race today kind of thing. Oh, right, okay, cool. If you don't, sure. And if people listening don't like it, yeah, yeah, let us know. But um, mm. yeah, a okay. really good Moto 2. Uh, we've already talked about Moto 2 quite a lot. So shall we move to Moto 3 and then we'll do our predictions? Yeah, we'll go do back it. Over yeah. Them. So Moto 3, belt of a race. I um, forgot to breathe. Fun fact. Yes. I, I don't think I'm prepared to talk about Moto 3 yet because <laughs> where do you start? Literally, I was just thinking that. I'm going to start with the fact that Sergio Garcia and Ayumi Sasaki's crash was the first Moto 2 3 crash all weekend long. No crashes in free practice, no crashes in the qualifying. No, no, there was one. Was there? It was one in free practice because they mentioned it on the broadcast. I was thinking one is low. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. So that's mad though. Even one. Sasaki has been declared unfit. Yes, he has because of head trauma. Clavicle trauma, I think. Collarbone. Collarbone, yeah. That's fine then. Or cervical trauma, I said. Cervical, Which, mate. He's not got a cervical. Cervical. Yeah, He's not got a genuinely, cervix. Genuinely, read it. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, read, read, the, read it. It says cervical trauma. I'm finding it. There's no way it can say cervical because I was trauma. So, it must no means way. it must mean something else. Um, has been declared unfit due to cervical trauma. Cervical. I assume it must mean head or something. And it's been lost in translation. It must be. Unless yeah, it says cervical trauma. trauma. Oh, okay, so cervical trauma is the most common cause of a cervical injury, obviously. This can include motorsport, vehicle accidents, falls, penetrating or blunt trauma, sports-related. Um, so we do with the spinal cord. Hold on. Right, okay. Cervical spine injuries. Cervical. There we go, that would make right. more sense. Not I swear a cervix. to God, though... We're not These doctors. two blimmin' max racing riders are getting injured every week. There you go, cervical yeah. spinal cord injury. Yeah, it's their spines as well. Jeez, oh. That's yeah, why well, he was he, on, he, wait, that's why he was on a, on a stretcher. Well, no, he was on a stretcher because he was unconscious and he landed on his head. He was yeah. definitely out for a few seconds. Oh, he was, Jesus. yeah, he, he was motionless for he was in a bad longer way. than yeah. you would like. He doesn't have small crashes, society, does he? <laughs> no, he doesn't. That's no. the thing, though. Like, these two, John's been out for most as he's injured. Sasaki's misloaded them. I'm glad that David Salvador will get the spot, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, well, he'll have a fitness test when he, but there's no way he passes. Yeah. No. No, that's it. But um, I'll be I'm glad to see Salvador on it because he knows Austria well and he's good at Austria. Oh, yeah. Imagine he wins. <laughs> oh, mate, I'd be absolutely <laughs> over the moon. But um, yeah, Moto 3. So, Sergio Garcia got taken out. And I was like, oh my God, that's it, the championship. No way. He's a Guevara. He's going to be leading the championship. And then. Um, Otero takes him out. Yeah. <laughs> Otero oh, took out Guevara. <laughs> can I just point out a bit of irony? 
Who's but an Aspar contracted rider took out Guevara. Oh yeah. Is this yeah? <laughs> he's Aspar contracted on loan to Is he MBA. still is he still Aspar? Is he Yeah, he's still Aspar he contracted. Last, he was Aspar last year. But yeah, like mental. Um He's on loan, basically. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna mute my mic, keep recording whatever. Okay. Um, so I was just giving away a little rumour to the yeah, other two yeah. that, that was exactly what I was thinking it all yeah, makes there sense you go. So, oh <laughs> there we go so oh yeah you can just put some pieces together about which rider has been signed to the MTA next year and which hasn't and uh, the fact that Otolo is an Aspar rider I didn't say any of that anyway <laughs> so, but yeah I, the fact that Nepo is actually signed for next year yeah um, like that, that's that's public knowledge and you know? like, yeah I, Quite rightly deserved the money, but he's been he's like, been really good. He got fifth he's today. Been incrementally improving. Yeah, yeah Toba got fourth. Yeah, I know. Anyway, we'll go on to that in a minute. We'll go on to that in a minute. So, yeah, it's because the blimmin' top six, seven riders all crashed out. <laughs> but yeah, so Guevara got knocked out by Otola, who was having a belter of a race. Yeah, like, he was. I was At one like, point, I wow. thought he was winning it. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. I was like, no way. Yeah, he he's going to win the race on his 18th birthday. Solid. Like that would have been a present, wouldn't it? I'd have been a belter, but yeah, and he did well. Somehow Suzuki crashed out, didn't see that one. Munoz hey, crashed you. out. Of course he did. Munoz crashed out, and I was kind of gutted because I kind of wanted to see two rookies on the box together because obviously Otola would have been there. Mm. And then Holgado crashed out just for good measure to join Otola and Munoz, who were in the top three of the uh, FIMCV last year with him. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, promoted all these riders, but um, I yeah. am um, mute this bit if you want. Can, I, can we talk about Ogden and his rant? Yes, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll keep this in. We'll keep this in. Um, because yeah. I Ogden think a bit he was a hundred percent justified in what he said. Well, yeah, I mean, if, at the end of the day, right? I don't want to slate this British team because it's done so well, like division track, Michael Laverty and all that, and everybody. Mm. It's a brand new team, amazing job, right? And for me to sit behind a freaking keyboard now or a microphone from the comfort of my own home, not working in motorsport, I kind of work with motorbikes, I guess, but not in MotoGP. For me to sit here we're and be like, I don't know. I'm, well, Is that an image you've got in an office full of bikes? <laughs> well, we do have a motorbike in our office, but um, yeah, so, you know, it's easy for me to talk basically without actually yeah. being there, but... You know, for it's a brand new team, yeah, and they've done so well. You know, you've got Johnny Garner's doing amazing in the um, British Talent Cup. You know, you've got Carter Brown doing well. You've got all these riders, Corey Tinker, going up the level. You know, you've put two riders into the World Championship. It's a fantastic job. They've got Taylor in there. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But when your bikes are breaking down consistently with Joshua Watley, when you've got Scott having various technical issues on his bike, when you're sending him out at the wrong time so you can't even put a yeah. fucking Q2 time in to try and get into Q2, despite having, despite having the pace to get into Q2, it's just like, you're like, what the freak, man? Like, yeah, it's frustrating like that. for Scott. Point. Like, I, I don't care whether you're new or 20 years. If you've got a game plan, you stick to it. It's, it, you will, it will have been discussed. Like it's not right. difficult to say, oh, well, our game plan was to send Scott out with everybody else, like, say, on about eight, ten minutes to go. Oh, no, we missed it. Yeah, like, like, like we don't know on, what's man. going on around the, behind the scenes, but Scott has always been a rider who can go out and put a lap time in without needing anybody else there. 
Mm. And, you know, so for them to be like, oh, no, no now we're going to wait for everybody else. You know, mm. the amount of times I've heard Neil and all that on the BT Sport com say, why are you waiting? You're going to run out of time. You're blah, 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 blah. Mm. And then for Taylor and obviously Michael's team to do the same shit. You're like, what are like, you doing? The, the fact that it's a new team doesn't wash when MT when the, got first and third. When the MSI squad are on pole and third place as a brand new team as well. Yes, they had experience in the Junior World Championship last year and the year previous with Pedro Costa, but it doesn't. They don't, they don't it, wash, it, does it's it? not. A, it's not a good excuse. Yeah. No. Like at the end of the day, like you know, like. I, I'm not in motorsport, but if I've got a plan to do something at a certain time... Not doing it. So I was going to say, speaking of devil, Scott Ogden's name's now on my phone screen. <laughs> like, if, you, if you've got a plan to do something at a certain time, whether you're in motorsport or just, you know, going about your day as, as a normal person, you do it. Yeah. Just execute I it. I really oh, hope yeah. our comments now that we're saying aren't taken out of context and posted on Twitter or sent to these random people without the full context here of us saying that... Oh, it's gonna we happen. We aren't in the sport. We're just commentating from the sidelines. And judging from Scott's interview, he's pretty pissed off. Because if you it's watch it, first time, is it? If you yeah. watch it, right? And he you watch the video of No, he didn't. And the no. thing is though, when you watch and when he was talking in the garage, you saw him say, if you read his lips, he said shit team. Yes. He went, a shit team. Yeah, the the thing oh. for me was like we we've spoken to Scott a bit. He's a lovely guy. If he's anything, great he's character. not forceful enough. Yeah, he's a bit. So for him to come out and do that, you know, you know, he's he's, he's fucking seething. Yeah, like it's and that simple. Thing like, is, like he should be battling with Holgado, with Otolo, with Munoz, with Chevrolet last year because he mm-hmm. beat them last year in a flipping Chev race. He's and it wasn't he because it. they all crashed out. It wasn't because yeah, they all crashed out. He did it on his own merit. But he did that. On an Aspar bike, a well-turned-out sport. A team that knows how to do it. They've got the experience, they've got the years behind them, but... Mm. Like, that's the that's the double-edged sword, isn't it? It's like, you've got to get experience to be perfect. Yeah. But to be good doesn't take much well, in it, terms of timings. How many rounds have we had now? They've had enough time to figure out when is good well, for him to I go think... out for, well, for a qualifying Well, how often it be to say... Oh, lay a part of off out, quick. Yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah exactly. Like, and we're just saying this because we are passionate about, obviously, Scott. We like Scott. We like Josh as well. We're British. Yeah, we just want to see them both do well. Yeah, and we're not like, it sounds like we're maybe ripping the team apart or whatever, but we're not. We're just trying to understand where well, the no, logic come from. The, the thing is, the thing is, this world championship level, there's nowhere to hide. Mm-hmm. No, that's it. Yeah, exactly. It's in full view. And I'd love genuinely to have maybe Taylor or... Michael on to discuss the ingoings of the team because I want to understand why these decisions are being made and why yeah what's going like, on that's consistently it... poor decisions yeah consistently Wait, there's no other way to sugarcoat it they are consistently poor consistently incorrect like how many times can you justify making the same mistake before you don't learn from it yeah and like mm. again like I want to say like they've, they've done an exceptional job you know, Michael turning mm. the team around in three freaking months to oh yeah yeah like unbelievable job, and they are still they're still doing well. You know, Scott's come from twelfth, but two twelve, sorry, but even Joshua Watley was annoyed. You know, he said that on a social media post earlier. What did he put? He said something about the rear end or something, wasn't it? Yeah, he said he had something more. Where is it? Well, you know, I mean, his bike broke in qualifying. You know, it's 
It's just, it, you can get away with it in chairs, but you can't in the World Championship. You just can't. Yeah, oh, we had an issue when with the rear tyre. So yeah, like everything is 110%. You, you're, if you're 1% off in the World Championship, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, 1% is the difference. Because you've got what? You've got a 37-minute race, you know? 1% of that is three seconds, right? Three if seconds. three seconds off, the Three seconds is the difference between first and 14th in that race. That 1% is the difference between 14th and first. 3.7 seconds, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's just... 1%. Every percentage mm. counts. So if you end on your A-game, you get found out and left behind. It's yeah. that simple. Like, and I, I hate saying it, because what Michael Laverty is doing... British motorsport on the whole is amazing but yeah. amazing yeah but are you going to want to go to that team as a British rider knowing you can't possibly show your full potential knowing you kind of can't because the team it. is not performing mm. yeah and like there's been some it's, internal like I won't name names or anything but there's been some internal structure move around you know some mechanics and yeah. things have changed and that's yeah. good that's positive that you're trying to pull in the best guys you can kind of thing mm. but I like, think you'd like, rather be at Aspar or something, you know? I think if, if you've got the option to be Aspar and Chev or these and World Championship at the minute, mm. I think you pick Aspar and Chev. What, as a rider mm. or a mechanic? Yeah, as a rider. Oh, as a, me- or, rider, well, as a mechanic yeah. as well. Well, mechanics will often do double duty because well, that's why I ask because they'll often do double duty and Ray and mechanic for a Chev team and a World Championship team. I say so. you've just done, they're a British guy now, just say for the sake of argument. You've done amazing in Talent Cup. So you've won the Talent Cup. Aspar won you or Vision Track won you to go straight to World Championship taking age out of it for a second I think now based on what I've seen you go Aspar Aspar even though it's Chev Aspar have always been the best you know and but I don't know it's just frustrating it's frustrating to Scott yeah like well given your dodgy maths a minute ago but anyway we'll we'll brush past that but like the uh, 1% one on, percent. What's the actual? Thirty-seven minutes. Well, I mean, you got sixty seconds in a minute. Yada yada, a hundredth of that. But anyway, I'm not. That's not what I'm. Oh, the the, the um <laughs> the uh, right like divide. The, the, the Let's thing, go. The thing, the things that they're complaining about are all things that it's easy to point the finger at someone else in the team about. It would seem. Yes. Um, uh, and you know, like swapping. Yeah, exactly. Like swapping out a mechanic here and there, or someone making a decision and stuff it's like it sounds like, like I, I they're, think, they're not actually getting to the root of the issue or or someone's not taking lead somewhere and like you say it's, yeah, as it's a just, rider aye. you rely on your team to bring out the best in you like you still have to perform don't get me wrong yeah 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 but if you if the environment isn't there to bring out the best in you your confidence then suffers yeah well you got to know that everyone is doing cycle. their bit to make sure that yeah, you that's it. Then it just deliver the best like that you, you can as a team. Like, because as a rider, you feel like you're the spearhead, but mm. the rest of the spears got to be there. I guess you know. Like, I but, couldn't imagine. Like, imagine being Josh now. Mm. He he cannot trust that bike. Yeah, exactly. And you know, he, like, he can't give his hundred percent because he. It's always going to be the back of my mind. Oh well, this bike's exploding. You know, remember Pasini a couple of years back in the one two fives. On the Polaris World Aprilia, <laughs> and he eventually it broke every single race, and then it came to a head at Mugello, broke again, threw it down, and just kicked the fuck out of it in the gravel trap. Surprised, like, like, yeah, you can't trust it. 
I think mm-hmm. it's what Lee, like, he's, he's not having too many technical issues, but when he is having, you know, qualifying, you know, he's qualifying for God's sake. He's trying to go out and set a lap to try and maybe yeah. get through and you're it's running so down pit lane with your bike because it's not working. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, obviously these things happen, you know, obviously we saw Simon Jesperson have tons of issues the other oh. week in the World Supersport and these things do happen, but it seems to be consistent once is an accident more than once is a pattern thing is though this could be happening with so many teams but because it's only being yeah. broadcast thanks to obviously scott highlighting it kind of thing <laughs> yeah. and obviously yeah. the riders talking about it they could be happening with those riders but obviously we're just discussing yeah. what we can see and what is being shown on the media so and the british team's yeah, got a bit more attention today so yeah because it's a home race as well yeah when was the last other team you can think of who was consistently having problems though you know in Moto3 this year this year mm. like mm-hmm. you, you can think of a couple who've broken down or had a couple of issues here and there the snipers team the snipers team last year had freaking tons mm. of issues this mm. is which is why obviously Salat's left because the bike was breaking down mm. yeah. but like there's nobody like, this year the no. vision track are the team the it team is, yeah like because these things do happen. Like, obviously, we didn't know anything about Salach's bike having issues until he left the team. You know, we, we're just, we're not trying to sit here and point fingers at people, but that's obviously what we're discussing what. It has to be discussed. In the media, yeah. No, it, being, it should be. Like, being silent about it. It's just, it, it doesn't work, you know? It's just, you can't not point it out just because they're British. I'm just worried about the backlash like, on oh, Twitter. Oh, you should. Yeah, you should be. People will be like, oh, you should be not be pointing out. You should be supporting British teams and that. We just want the best out of them. It's, I'm just worried yeah, about the you, backlash you on Twitter. You, you know, just because they're British, <laughs> you can't support mediocrity. Well, that's toxic which is positivity. To just be yeah. like, yeah, good for it. Yeah, like, well done. No, man, you got to talk about the issues. It's all just trying to improve yeah. it. It's yeah. Yeah, like fair play to Scott for like actually like not really missing yeah. his words. Like, yeah, it was it was mm. a bit stupid for BT to go and shove a mic in his face after qualifying <laughs> when he was clearly angry. But oh, yeah, it, that, that made was, some good TV. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that that's like that's reality TV levels of fucking shit outsery in it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. But, yeah, it was yeah. So, I'm like, good on him. He could have just been like, oh yeah, yeah, no, it, it happens. You know, he, he finally cracked and yeah, yeah, he just went for it. But um, moving away from that... Um, oh, just before we move on, sorry. Yeah. I just, I've done the maths and roughly 1% of a 37-minute race is like 22 seconds. So that helps your point. Jeez. It's 22 seconds. So that would put... That's if it's between oh, first... So <laughs> that's if it's between first and 20th for well, 1%. So you're missing 1%. Who would be behind you? Behind you would be Watley, Garcia and Carrasco. So if... If they gave Watley 1% more, he'd have Mark finished Garcia, the you should point out there, not Sergio. Mark he didn't Garcia, yeah. I will talk about Mark in a minute, actually. Um, moving on. Yeah, moving on into a more positive note. Dennis Onshu got his first podium of the year and continued his streak of finishing every race so far this year. Who on earth would have said that before the season started? <laughs> Onshu would be finishing every race. He's he a beast, beast man. He really is. I can't He's wait to see him on two by next year. Uh, bump was... Oh, it was. It could easily have taken them both down. Oh yeah, no, he nearly crashed a few times. Like, but he's just like really good. I can't wait to see him Moto Two next year. Like I said, like he's um, he's been <gasps> learning from Top Rack. That's a rumor. Everybody go. Everybody's been talking about him in Moto Two next year. It's not confirmed anyway, so it's fine. Oh, but... You'd have to put him up, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, I mean the like, fact that he mentioned Keenan as well in his interview, like he's a, he's a long boy, you know, and he, you know, he's, he's yeah. tall now. He should be going up. But like, remember when he came in, he was like a midget. Midget. I remember that the photo was back. He was in the Asia Talent Cup. Yeah, literally, it's, Chan, it's like Chan drank all the milk on it. Yeah, madness. But you know, he's just he's such a good racer now, and he's not dangerous. He's not going to make a stupid he's moves. He's just kind of like follow me, everyone, and then no one follows him and dive bombs him, and he's like. Mm. <laughs> he's he's now becoming a complete rider. He's, yeah. he's polishing that role pace, which everybody knew he had. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it was obvious. You know what I mean? But to polish it is another thing entirely. Yeah, he's so. fifth overall in the standings with only one podium to his name, which just shows consistency there. Um, yeah, like that should be a plot. Like we shouldn't overlook that, really. No. Like if you'd said that even last year about him, that he'd be in that position this year, you'd be thinking. This guy who was trained by Keenan. Nah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, that's the interesting thing, right? And one thing I have thought about, Keenan pushes his riders hard. Yeah. They race, they train on right on tyres that are gone. Tyres that yeah. have, they're down to the core and they're still training and sliding it in. You very rarely see Top Rack, Chan Onsu, Bataille Sogfoglu, or Dennis Onsu crash. When was the last time we saw Top Rack crash that wasn't yeah. from somebody knocking him off or yeah, a technical issue? Yeah, but I, I don't think you can include Channel Shoe in that. Chan, <laughs> At least Chan not this year. Channel Shoe isn't a major crash. Yes, he crashes quite a bit. He, he does enjoy a good crash on that comes. This year, Channel Shoe has... That's not even been updated. But um, he only crashed four, he crashed four times last year in 24 races. And yeah, he did cause an absolute pile up at Moss. Yeah, I did forget about that. But... Mm. He still stayed on though. Everyone else just crashed behind him. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like he, he's a he's he's less polished than Dennis, which just goes to show the the development level of Supersport compared to Motor Three. Yeah, of course, but it also shows the the train, the kind of training that Keenan is putting them through. The fact that Top Rack and Dennis they just don't crash, like mm. because and they can ride fully on the limit. Top Rack, as we know, rides way over the limit. And he just yeah. he's just on rails. He's not crashing. He's not looking like he's gonna crash. Like every time you look at him, you're like, oh my god, he's gonna crash. And he's not he's, easy. In his head, he's just probably got like <laughs> elevator music playing, like, oh yeah. No, it's not easy to do what Top Rock does. But you've got to be special to do it. Yeah, and yeah. the thing is Onshu has got all the makings of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like spectacular from him and Diego Moreira was able to get pole position and then matches the best result in motor three of P6 today as well was Yeah, valid. like I, I, I was gonna say, like he literally was a yo-yo today. He was up and down, up and down, and then grabbed P6. I think he'll have wanted more. Yeah, of course he would. Aye. But everybody right everybody's not winning once more, you know. Um but yes, really good race by him. Yamanaka as well, like even though he didn't round it off. Yeah. That's his first front row. Yeah, he did really well. Um, Mino got promoted inside the points, so that's really good. But um, what the f- is going on with Mig? Mino is just Mino, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah, like, it. <laughs> unless unless snipers officially become the VR forty six junior squad, which they pretty much are. Yeah, yet staying. No, he shouldn't be staying. He's just he's just he's, he's he should have gone now. up instead of Antonelli, but yeah, that's bye it. Bye. But um. And obviously, unfortunately, Matteo Patel, Patel, who is a freaking mm-hmm. great rider, has been replaced for the rest of the season by Nicola Carraro, Carraro, mm-hmm. because he's got incredibly bad knee injuries, ligament injuries, and things like that from yep. his crash at, at the Sasha Ring. 
So Not he's out for the rest of the season. That's, you know, that, that's going to sting. Which Carraro's a weird choice. So that's what I thought, because Carraro, I, for me, right, he's been around forever. But he was on a forever. TM for a lot of that. Thing is, though, no, I remember when he was in the Italian Championship, and then he came and did wild cards with like he has just been around forever. Like I don't, yeah. He's, like, even, he's been on a like no, when Salvador was on the TM, he yeah. was on the previous generation TM. You ain't gonna be able to show your full on like that, you know what I mean? No, but it's just like no, like for me, right? I remember back in like the fair play to him and all, and he didn't disgrace himself by any no. means, but. What a weird choice. He's just like, for me, like, like I've said, like, he has just been like, every, ah, uh, it's, it's just such a weird rider because he's like, yeah, I remember him on TM. I remember on the Blim and Mahindra in the Italian Championship. Yeah, because like, like, I don't his even know TM he is. was so different. Here we go. So, yeah, he was on the TM, right? Last, this year and last year. Then he's on the Mahindra in the Italian Championship. In 2018, and then mm. he was on. Mm. He's been running motor threes for years in like the junior series. So the five of us can go yeah. back is 2016, racing against Mattia Cassaday and Nicola Spinelli on a moto three six years ago. Mm. Like, John McPhee. He's just for been me, around forever. <laughs> for me, one like if they wanted an Italian, why didn't they grab Farioli? Because he's replaced. Uh, I reckon Aspar probably had a word with that because he's mm. he can battle for championship in the chair. But again, he can double tink. Or probably, even Carraro Marozzi. Yeah. Marozzi's outperforming Carraro in chair. There's a no, lot of Italians, but again, I think it comes down to the money as well. Like yeah, he must how have much money? Some... Carraro is a rider with money. That is. Yeah, he must have brought Sheffields. Let's be honest. Let's have a look. How old is Carraro? Right. <laughs> Forget it, because I am like really intrigued now. I reckon he's like twenty three, you know. Twenty, yeah, twenty two, twenty three. Carraro, sounds about right. Only twenty, or even Luca Lanetta. Yeah, Lanetta. You know what I mean? So Nicola Carraro has raced in the Chev Motor Three since twenty seventeen, and then before that, he's been in the Italian Championship doing the same. He has been around forever, man. But yeah, like weird choice, but he did do really well given it as his debut. Never really ridden the KTM before and he got 20th place and was in that group. Like he was mm. within the same group as Adrian Fernandez who finished in 15th. And he like actually you, finished... You would expect within, him to ride a motor three. He finished, right? So Adrian Fernandez finished 15th, Carraro 20th and only finished between 4.4 of him. <laughs> How close was he to Bartolini? Bartolini? Um, yeah. 0.4 again. Or 0.310. Like, that's not disgraceful. Pretty damn good. And then yeah. to go on to another replacement rider, Mark Garcia, who, again, has had one weird career, man. When they announced that, yes. I was like, that is weird. Like, <laughs> Yeah, first of all, I guess well soon to Joel Kelso should be back for Australia, yeah, I believe. I hope so, because mm. he was going to come this time, but obviously just not ready yet. Um, Mark Garcia, though, so... So I'll run you back through for those who don't know who he is. So <laughs> Settling, kids. It's going to be a long one. Yeah, so Mark Garcia raced in the Rebel Rookies a few years ago. Actually, let's see if I can pull his wiki up and I can give you even better um, O2. You should know this off the top of your head. I know God. quite a lot of it, genuinely, but I just want to see, because I can't remember how many wins he got in the Rookies. So Did he? He won Rookies races. 
There you go. So, actually, let's go back. So, he's in the rookies in 2014. That's right. He was a Rebel rookie in 2014. <laughs> this is also Eight how years long ago. he has right. been around. <laughs> yeah. So, 2014. Oh, God. Like Rebel rookies. But Nicolo Antonelli was still a promising youngster then. It was indeed. Now he's a prominent thing. No, he's not prominent. Thing. So, Mark Garcia <laughs> is 23. What the hell? <laughs> so, let's have a look. Mark Garcia. So, he finished the Rebel Rookies in 10th place overall as a rookie in the Rookies, including a podium at Aragon at the end of the season. That was in 2014. Then 2015, Mark Garcia finished fourth overall with one, two, three, four podiums and a win at Aragon. To his name. Then right. in 2016, he continued to the Red Bull Rookies and won three races, missed one, missed two races, and got four podiums and finished just behind Ralph Fernandez, Alex View, Alex View, Alex Musaki, but finished ahead of Toba, Salach, Agura, um, Manuel Gonzalez, you know, Sean Dylan Kelly. And then if you go back a bit further, so he finished ahead of Ralph Fernandez again. Um, Cassidy, you know, this kid is not slow. No. And then, he, so back in 2010, when he was a rookie, he finished ahead of Darren Binder, Corinthian Pellarari, Jamie Messia. <laughs> like, he's no slouch, mate. And then he was like, he did the, he then did a race in the now as Junior GP Moto 3 with Monlau and did all mm -hmm. right. And then this is where he gets mental. So World yeah. Super Sport, 300, right? Back when it was 2017, it was, the level was low, right? We can say that. The inaugural that's championship, not, was it not? Yeah, like, yeah, the first ever year of it, it was low, right? And the levels are much higher now, and he has proved that. So, Mark Garcia then couldn't really get a seat anywhere, despite doing really well for three years, you know, in the Red Bull Rookies, and went from the Red Bull Rookies to the World Super Sport 300 Championship and did a wild card at Aragon and led quite a lot of the race before crashing. Mm. Team were like, wow, that's amazing. Okay, we'll continue. And he went on and won the championship <laughs> after doing a wild card in the opening round of the season. Um, And then there's a quiz, what are you on about? Um, <laughs> oh, has Jacob got a quiz lined up? No, probably. I'm saying he's going to listen to you, and there's going to be a quiz. You weren't supposed to read it out. I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> I don't. That's know. why I typed it. Yeah, like I know, that. but I'm like, I don't know what you mean. So then, Garcia, 2017, won the Super Sport 300 Championship, and then disappeared off the face of the earth. Yep, literally, literally disappeared. Then, uh, no, he didn't. He went to the CV Moto 3 back, back to the Chev Moto 3. So he won the Super Sport 300s. Couldn't get a ride anywhere else. Went to CV Moto 3 with Max Racing. Did sweet fuck all. Did nothing. Yep. Um, the square root of fuck all. Yeah. And so then he came back in 2019, back to the 300s, because it's a crap championship. Um, won a race and finished sixth overall. Then came back in 2020 again with wild cards, like barely any races. Just did like the odd wild card. I'm pretty sure. Where is his name? Yeah, did, See, like, what we need to do now so, is right. um, just um, just a thing before you finish it. Yeah. Um, have you seen the clip of um, Russell Howard talking about Sue Barker? No. And uh, basically, 
they tried to explain who owns a racehorse. And then every time she talks about something, Russell Howard goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's what I really want to do to you now because this is long. Sorry, I'll cut it down. <laughs> but 2020, he did the... <laughs> I realised how long it is. But in 2020, he came back to Super Bowl again as wild cards, won a race. Last year, again did wild cards. Didn't really do much. And then this year, he's now battling for the Super Sport 300 Championship again. He was 24th overall last year in the Super Sport 300s, which shows the dramatic change in level. Now he's battling for the championship. So this kid, who was a Red Bull rookie in 2014, disappeared, really, into the Super Sport 300, got kind of sucked into the system, as then made a murder three wildcard at 23 years old, which is really weird. Well, replace him right. And... To be fair to him, he wasn't poor. He beat Anna Carrasco. He beat Anna oh, Carrasco yeah, by twelve thousandths of twelve hundredths of a second. But so not point naught one zero. But the fact that he came in zero prior race experience, he hasn't ridden a motor three bike since twenty eighteen, and did that. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed, man. So yeah, sorry about that long story, but I hope you enjoyed He's it. never going to have to write an autobiography here, is he? <laughs> <laughs> it's all on this Yeah, pod. that was four or five pages <laughs> long, that was. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> literally, it, it's worth, like, it's long as hell, but it is worth pointing out because said. it's been... Uh, no, she didn't. Good Lord. No, it's, it's, it's worth pointing out because it's so... He's just had a weird career. So then yeah. they'll be like, oh yeah, we'll put Mark Garcia on the bike. Who can you call a 23-year-old a journeyman? It's the equivalent of someone who's 23 at a football and gone to like seven different clubs. But it's like, it's like, blimmin, it'd be like, say, Sergio Garcia winning the championship in Moto3, disappearing to Moto2 for a bit, going, nah. Bonatti. <laughs> yeah, going, nah, then disappearing, coming back with some wild cards in Moto3 for a few years. Winning the odd race, still not getting a proper full-time seat. Getting a full-time seat, finishing 24th overall, and now he's back winning the, champ- the championship. And you're like, and then gets a wild card of World Superbikes, and you're like, what? <laughs> In the wild. Superbike class, like, uh, it's just weird, man. But yeah, so long story short, he did really well, and shout out to Mark Garcia. Yeah. Right, so if someone wants to uh, bookmark before and after that explanation, <laughs> <laughs> save yourself five minutes. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> But um, I was I was trying to jump in like fucking hell, get on with it. <laughs> Sorry, um, that's good. Yeah, that's good. What else happened? Rosato in got into Q two though. Oh yeah, Rosato yeah, got into Q two. Smashed yeah. it. He's, he actually looks like he's grown a little bit as well. Probably he, lo- he genuinely yeah. looked like a fetus in the at the start of the season. Well, I mean, he's got to be at that stage where he, he is growing pretty quick. No, yeah, he's what like sixteen. Like, but yeah, like. Next to Adji as well, he just oh well, yeah, yeah. He, he just looked he just looked like a fetus in a jar. It's great, and now he actually <laughs> looks like he's a world championship rider. Yeah, he, he he'll get there. He'll do bits. I'm sure of it. Well, you had him as rookie of the year, didn't you? Mm-hmm. That's it. How are you feeling about that? What else happened? McPhee bottled it again. McPhee, now he did amazing, mate. He came from 14th to 7th in the last three laps through no fault of his own. He did really well to do that. It definitely wasn't because everyone else crashed out. Really good race. T- if like, I speak, I get fine. <laughs> he could, no. like, he had it. He had pace and everything. He could have done well, but he just doesn't fight enough, man. He just kind of, he tries a bit, realises that actually well, it's really man, difficult. You were. 
Yeah. He, the old man of the group. He just sort of like realizes it's really hard to stay in front of these guys who are willing to just take you out and yeah, decides like the, the problem nah, he's I'll got, for seventh or whatever. And it's kind of like... The problem he's got is like, it's, it's like the equivalent of you and me arguing with a 20-year-old. You, 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 we'd be over it. It'd just be like... Like me, oh. I'm 24, we. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, you that's... carry on, buddy. You know what I mean? Like, that, <laughs> yeah. that's where it is. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be arguing with these kids because they will just take you out, literally. Knock you out they will, there. They will literally yeah, go keep... to the apex yeah. whether you're there or not. You're making like, me with the year seven. <laughs> well, yeah. we are. You are old. <laughs> You are. You know, I don't want to point out the obvious here, Cam, but... <laughs> Mate, I just moved to the seaside like, to live a life of vigor and and youthful experience. <laughs> or something like moved that. Moved to the seaside. Yeah. Right, you yeah, know what's going to happen, don't you? In, 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 about, in about a year, it'll be oh, on track sanding. Yeah. Right, That's it now. But anyway, carry on. Where, where have you gone, Deck? Oh, I am back. So let's and shout out Kaito Toba. Yeah, Toba fourth. Like that's like the best of the rest, wasn't he? That would have been ninth. That's still yeah. not bad considering how absolutely doggy's been. Right. Let's do the. Um, I'll do a rundown of standings quick, and then we'll do predictions, and then uh, we'll we'll for another deck explanation, and then <laughs> we'll um, we'll end up. So mm. championship MotoGP class. Kotaro currently leads with 180 points. Ovalacia Spargo 22 behind. Bainaya has been moved up to third. Bastianini up to fourth. Zarco down to fifth. Miller sixth. That's four Ducatis in a row. We didn't even mention Zarco. Yeah. Oh, God, fuck me. We'll mention him in a minute. Um, mm. <laughs> Binder seventh. Rins eighth. Vignana's ninth. Miguel Oliveira tenth. Moto two. Augusto Fernandez now leads by 13 points over Ayagura with Celestino Vietti in third. Kenneth fourth. Abelino is somehow still fifth. Joe Roberts, sixth. Dixon, seventh. Schotter, eighth. Pedro Costa, ninth. And Chancho, tenth. Costa did try and race this weekend, but mm. was ruled unfit on Friday. Yeah, he, he completed FP1, did he not? No, he didn't. Before the race, before he even started, he was like, no. Ah, I thought he'd done FP1 and was ruled out after. No. Um, somehow, Sergio Garcia still leads him at three standings with 182 points. Um, we still got good stat for you in a minute. Um, Isaac Guevara, <laughs> three points behind. There's Foggia third with 39, 42 points now, sorry. Yeah, That's... see, that is outrageous because it just goes to show how far back Dennis Foggia was that he gained yeah. 25 points on both and he's, he's still, still 42 <laughs> points. <laughs> he was 67 and now it's 42. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's basically all he's done is take a chunk rather than kickstart his championship yeah. charge. yeah. But yeah, it needs the same to happen. He's going to need weekend. more of those anomalies, which it's, again... It's not insubmountable now. I can't say that word. Like with Peko, Peko's only 49 behind instead of like 60-odd. It, it can we ain't going to get a load of Fabio 8, so it's the same as we ain't going to get two double takeouts again. Yeah, never know. No. But um, So, uh, Masia 4th, Onchu 5th, Sasaki 6th, Suzuki 7th, Minyo 8th, Tantai 9th, and Artigas in Minyo 8th! I yep. suppose his early season form, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... So, if Garcia had stayed on and Aguara had stayed on, they actually were at the point where they were over 200 points. If that had been the case, it would have ruled out for Asato, Sura, Carrasco, Salvador, Asman, Lanetta, 
Gerard Ryu, Joshua Watley, Carraro, Rueda, Garcia, and Alonso of winning the Moto3 World Championship this year. Whoa. But they're still in contention. So yeah, Joshua Watley, mate. Come on. Still got it above. Hang on a minute. What? Lanetta. <laughs> yeah. Lanetta raced at Assen. At Assen. For the same team. Why did he not just fill in the rest of the year? Money, money, money. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, and Zarco bottled it again. Um, oh, GP, he's never so going like to win a got, race. Got no, he doesn't deserve the fact that he's never going to win a race. Deal with it. No, but yeah, sad. Right, mm. predictions. Then we'll do Rider of the Race because I'm fucking. It's been nearly two hours, man. I've yeah. got a pizza sat there. I'm hungry, man. Oh, nice. A pizza. Okay. Is it one of those weird Italian pizzas? A bellissimo. No, it's a. It's one of those fucking. <laughs> Like all the vegetables on it and uh, stuff. Mate, no, I got a pizza. It's Pizza Express margarita, mate. It's banging. They're look actually pretty look good. Look at this rich bitch, Pizza Express. What can I say, mate? That podcast money is coming wow. in clutch, mate. Podcast money. Pizza yeah. Express. Yeah, mate. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say this podcast is actually sponsored by OnlyFans this episode. So, um, yeah, aka my OnlyFans. Please, please buy it. I'm poor. Flop it out. No, I don't do any fans. Just, uh... We end Josh Heron. Yeah, I don't even think he's sponsored by it. I think he just puts the logo, label on his helmet. Oh, that's even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> so, prediction time. Mm. Um, right, if you haven't listened to this before, you don't know, we do predictions before every race. <laughs> so, to run you through the point system, you get one point for any place of the riders. Every, every year we say, every week, sorry, we say we should pre-record this and then insert it, and we never do. I know. Um, you get a point for pole. You get five points if you correctly predict the ride on the podium. So, for example, you get one point if you predict Garavara to be third and he comes second. And you get you get five points if you predict Garavara to be third and he finishes third. Ten points if you correctly predict the winner. If you get all three podium places, riders correct, but they're in the correct positions, you get 15. If you get all three podium positions incorrect, but they're... You get all three podium positions, cor- riders correct, but they're in the correct, incorrect positions. I'm terribly sorry. But you get pole correct, you get 20 points. So it's basically the same as 15, but you also get pole correct. Um, 25 points if you get the pole podium correct in the correct positions. And you get 30 points if you correctly predict the podium in the correct positions and pole. Full house. So after so many rounds, I the championship lead looked like this. Me with 190 Cameron in second with 120. Ryan in third with 115. And Jacob at the back with 105. Woof. That is about to change. <gasps> so, pole position, Moto3. I went for Foggia. Jacob went for Guevara. Cameron went for Guevara. Ryan went for Foggia. And it was Moreira on pole. Obviously. Scored. Why didn't we see that coming? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... Moto, for me, I went with Garcia to win, Foggia second, Guevara third, Foggia won the race, I get one point. Jacob went Guevara first, Garcia second, and Ogden third, zero points for Jacob. Nice Scott. Cameron went <laughs> Guevara first, Sasaki second, Messiah third. Messiah was indeed second, so he gets a point. Ryan went Guevara mm. first, Messiah second, Sasaki third, Ryan scores five points. After Moto nice. three... I lead with 191, Cameron with 121, Ryan third with 120, Oof. Jacob with 105. So one point in it. 
Moto 2, I went for pole, Dixon. Jacob and a good Cameron went for Agura and Ryan with Lowe's. Was Fernandez. So, in the race, <laughs> I went for Fernandez to win. Canet second, Roberts third. Fernandez won the race. I get 10 points. Jacob went for Fernandez. My mic has been muted. I don't know for how long. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm not running through that again. But basically, to finish it off, the predictions, I still leave with 102 or two points. This is from memory now. Cameron second with 141. Jacob, no, Ryan's there with 126. And Jacob's fourth with 116. Cameron, you're going to have to edit that out. Sorry. There's just going to be a gap where it's just nothing. <laughs> All right, okay. Are you sure it's only a few seconds? Oh, fuck me. I don't know. We're going to have to cut a lot of this out anyway. Right, okay. Sick. I'll do my best. <laughs> you, know, you know they're saying too many cuts spoil idiot. the broth. That's why I go with Dirk. But when he just had a microphone and he just talked, it's never happened. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just need to stop so muting my now. mic and eating. So, um, this ride of the day thing. Yeah, oh, ride yeah. of the day. Yeah. So, we all just have to pick our riders of the day. So, for me, uh, my MotoGP ride of the day was Alicia Spargo. Mm. Miguel Oliveira for me. Hey, and Cameron. Bastianini for me. Good shout. Okay, my Moto2 rider was Alonso Lopez. Mm. I, I can't see past Lopez, to be honest. Fair enough. Cameron. Rory Skinner, thank you very much. Good shout, good shout. <laughs> for me, Moto3 ride of the day was Dennis Onchu. Nepa. Nepa, fair enough. And Cameron's highest ever finished. What happened? Who won Moto 3 again? Uh, yeah. The fog. Yeah, I'm going to go with Onchu as well. Away. I think he really. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, really no, I'm changing mine. Masia. Okay, well, he's yeah, qualified he position weekend, to where he yeah. was. Yeah. yeah, from 25th to 2nd. Yeah, yeah. like Masia. Yeah, fair play, fair play. Okay, well, it's nearly a two-hour podcast. Probably going to have to cut out a load because I stupidly didn't unmute my mic. Very sorry about that. Um, Next time, I'm just going to like just keep it playing the whole time and just not eat. How about that? Um, Well, I've already just done it and moved and then like you can just edit out your stuff. Yeah, I can just, we'll just noise gate it, it's fine. Sick, right. Um, But yeah, hope you enjoyed this podcast and we will be back next weekend with the Austrian pre- podcast thingy majig sick yeah hey bye bye ciao ciao